Welcome back to But Why the Podcast. And today we're going to be giving you a spoiler review of Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi. As always, I'm your host, Kate. I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And a super duper special Star Wars guest, Scarrett's host of uh, Wakanda, uh, Wakanda for Life. Hey, what's going on? Um, yeah, I'm excited, guys. And I kind of don't know where to start because there's so much to unpack here with The Last Jedi. Um, it did come out on December 15th. So this past weekend, I know I bought my tickets in October. So um, we've been waiting for this movie. I think a lot of the Star Wars fandom has been waiting for this movie. Um, it's the second in the sequel trilogy. Um, and the second, what I believe is the, the Skywalker saga pretty much. So I guess to start things off, what were your thoughts the moment you walked out of the theater? Adrian? Um, I walked out of the theater with a bunch of questions, which I don't <laughs> think is generally a good thing for like your sequel to your trilogy. Um, I walked out knowing I liked it. Like there was, I knew I liked things in the movie, but I knew that I needed to go watch it again to see like to see things I missed or just to like know if my feelings were just immediate or just like waiting two years to watch a movie and then having a bunch of questions still. I need to know if that was because of like the movie itself or I was just being irrational or like what, what my feelings were. So I just knew that I needed to go watch it again after I walked out of the theater, but I knew I liked it. I just didn't love it. Matt. So my first, thoughts when I walked out of it was one I, I like liked it kind of like Adrian did but then I honestly sadly my first thought was when I walked out that I thought I watched a movie a Star Wars movie of like The Walking Dead the way The Walking Dead over the last two seasons has been doing these like cliffhangers unexpected twists turns everything and I literally felt like I just watched a movie like that and it kind of bugged me <laughs> yeah. if that makes sense at all yeah for me I walked out really hype um, but I walked out really hype and ready to talk about things and realized the more I talked about things, the more I ended up in the questions category and the, oh my God, why was I hyped? Um, I still have not seen it a second time. Um, so I will be watching it a second time to kind of, um, in, in Adrian's boat of, I want to solidify kind of my feelings on it. Um, cause it's one of those that like, I love this franchise so much. I want to make sure that I'm giving it a fair shake um, because I did go into that first viewing with like so much anticipation and like wait from this like two years of waiting, but I I liked it. I knew I liked it. Um, to quote Adrian, I just didn't love it. And I walked out of The Force Awakens and Rogue One loving them. Um, so yeah. What about you, Ritz? Yeah, so... Uh, when I walked out, I thought it was freaking awesome. Um, I was like, yeah, that, that was pretty freaking amazing. Uh, I think during watching the movie, I knew I felt the lag somewhere in the middle. Uh, I mean, well, I guess we'll talk about that a little more in a little bit. But I, I knew I felt the lag somewhere in the middle. But I still overall felt like there was so much, like, wow, like, on, like just stacked on top of each other, wow moments. Plus, you know, you the, the last moments were pretty good. So uh yeah, I left I left on a pretty good high. Um, but I also know me. Um I gotta watch I gotta I gotta well I gotta take a day to real <laughs> to like think about a movie and you know, uh, maybe discuss it with a couple of people and 
and really sit down and, and let it come off of that high. And then I, and I saw a few things. I, I still thought it was excellent, but there were still a few things that were, you know, more blatant in my mind, like, okay, why did that happen sort of thing. Um, didn't really have any question. Well, I, like, I had one question uh, that we'll talk about probably in a little bit, but uh, no major questions that I cared about that I needed answered. Um, but I, I haven't watched it again yet. I meant to, I was planning to today, but uh, I was too lazy, so. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I do want to know, because I know Adrian said he watched it twice. You, Kate, you said you are going to watch it twice. And then Scooter? I want to. I was like, oh no, there's like four of them. I don't know which one to choose from now. Um, how do you how do you guys feel about like this whole like the need to watch something twice per se? Because I actually do not like that concept. Or if I have to watch something more than once to like say, oh, I like this, then I'm like, maybe I actually really didn't like this. Like speaking directly to that, I I have a problem if you have to watch it a second time to make up your mind. Like, I, like, I mean, like, if you have, like, if in that first time you don't decide that you like it or love it, like, like having, there, there is a problem if you have to go back and rewatch it. Like, I do think that, like, I do think that that's a problem, but I also think when it is something that you love this much, and honestly, like, I've watched all of these movies multiple, multiple times. I, I saw Force Awakens in theaters multiple times. Like, that is something I want to do anyway. The only difference here is I feel like I now have to do it to form my, my, my opinion, like, to solidify my opinion one way or the other. Because um, I did walk out liking it. I just know that, like, there are some things that I want to go back and watch because, like like Adrian said, I want to know if it's something with me or if it is actually something in the writing of that scene that is a problem. How do you guys feel? Um, I like rewatching. Think. Oh, no, go for it. Go for it. Uh, oh, for in this case, I, I, I was, uh, as far as rewatching, I, I just like, I, well, first of all, it's Star Wars, so... <laughs> I'm gonna see it again anyway. So, <laughs> it's Star Wars, uh, but uh, yeah, I, in this case, it's not. It's not really rewatching because I don't know if I liked it. I want to rewatch to get a, a more a more analytical view of it. You know, the second time through, where I, instead of being all wowed and ooh and ah, kind of like see if I can deconstruct scenes as I'm watching them again because I know they're coming. Yeah, and I think that's the big difference for me when I watched this one a second time. So I know when I walked out of The Force Awakens, like I, you know, I was stoked. I was I was happy with it. Um, and then when I went to go watch it again, I just liked it more. This time, when I because I just got done watching it again today, I went in with like an analytical lens, like you like you said, um, just to see if the the problems I had were actual problems, like Kate said, like in the actual directing of it. Um, and I don't know if I, if I like going back into the movie like that. Like I wanted to go back into it because I was hyped to see it again. Yeah. But I, I was hyped to see it again because I wanted to like it more. And <laughs> yeah. this is like the first time that I went in and did that. Cause I didn't yeah. do that with rogue one. I went back into rogue one after I'd read a book and I was like, Oh, okay. Now I need to go back and do this again. And I think that was one of my problems with, um, with this is another thing we're not to go back to your first question, like what I thought when I walked out, and I was like, Man, the novelization of this is gonna be great <laughs> because they're feeling so many of like the things that they didn't put in the movie, and I don't like that. Like, <laughs> I don't like that, and I'm excited for a novelization to fill in holes in this. 
or like to give me more background on stuff. Like I'm pretty sure there's going to be a Snoke book out, you know, soon. And I'm going to get all my questions answered about Snoke in a book, which I don't want. I don't really like, like I rather would have just got that on screen, but you know, rewatch it. It's Star Wars. So I was going to go rewatch it regardless if I hated it or liked it. So like, I think that's why, like, cause like, I think that's why it doesn't work with Star Wars because the people who are going to watch Star Wars, a second time now and are telling people to go watch it a second time, we're all already going to go watch it a second time. Mm-hmm. At least a second time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, my tickets for today were bought on like Tuesday <laughs> before I'd even <laughs> seen so, it. Was, it was going to happen. It's a weird property. It's not like somebody going to go watch Justice League again. Oh. Uh. <laughs> to boost the uh, revenue, uh, yeah, to boost the revenue because they all needed to buy it to buy out. Okay, we're not going to get into that, uh, <laughs> but but yeah, like I think that's why it's a hard question to ask to ask about Star Wars. Um, the one problem I do have is, um, I mean, and we'll get into it. When we start talking about some of the issues, but like, but because you mentioned it, Adrian, like the novelization, like there are a lot of people who don't read. Like I've read the novelizations of all the movies. I'm going to read this one too, but like you should not have to necessitate a book to make your movie better or to make a character actually good. Like you should have, like people should go to the book because they're a good character already. Not because, Hey, I need to know more about it because you told me absolutely nothing here. Um, We're in the era of extended cuts and DLC. Yeah. 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 I think I got that effect when, um, for rogue one. So rogue one was phenomenal. Um, and I, I, I loved it. And, um, but then I read rebel rising which I really liked. Um, and I went back. That's Jen's book, Jen Ursel's book. So when I, when I went back and watched Rogue One, I realized how much more that I liked Jen. And it, but it, 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 actually, it also made me, it's not just that I liked her more. It made me realize that I really didn't care about her that much to begin with the first time I watched it. <laughs> but I could appreciate more after reading her book because I was like, oh, she's like, oh, okay, I got it. You know, so yeah, it's, it, it, you should, you should yeah. like, just like you said. Because I mean, like, yeah, same, like that, same boat. Like, I feel like I'm going to care more about these characters, like characters like Rose and things like that. I feel like I'm going to care more about them once I read some background stuff. Because yeah. that was the same way. Like Rebel Rising and Catalyst, like, gave me a whole new appreciation for Rogue One. But like, I shouldn't have to have a new appreciation. Like, it, the movie should just stand on its own as being compelling. Which um, I'm not sure how we really want to structure this. I mean, I think we can easily talk about the problems and the and the greatness and the great parts in it and we could hit all the major scenes i don't know if that's something you guys want to do um just because i don't really know how to structure this <laughs> i mean we can we i i guess you could, could break down from the beginning and yeah. uh you start with the the i guess the major scenes and the things that we like or dislike about those scenes for whatever reason yeah so like i think yeah honestly um yeah, I, I actually get to start with something that I loved from this movie. I think the first ten minutes of this movie are probably my first ten. They're probably my favorite first ten minutes in a Star Wars film, like Poe piloting and like actually getting Poe as like on screen as I hear people talk about him on Twitter as being this great, this great pilot and this ace pilot and somebody who isn't matched. Like seeing that on screen was so good and Paige. Paige Tico sacrificing herself to help destroy the ship is like it, it was so potent and so well done. Um, like that, that that start 
that first 10 minutes is probably my favorite out of the whole film. And it's something that's stuck with me. Um, and that's how it opens. It opens with a giant battle, <laughs> which was so great. Um, yeah. So one thing I do say, in that when she opens the door, are the bombs, they quote unquote fall out or is there something that pushes them out? What did you guys see? I saw that they had little red things and it looks like they were being pushed down. Huh. I thought they were falling out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a weird sanity moment that I didn't like realize I had to question about until someone was like, well, how did, how did the bombs fall in with gravity? How did that, how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Your reminder uh, that Matt is a scientist of the podcast. <laughs> something was, you know, propelling them down or something. I don't, I don't know. Because <laughs> I argued that I looked like they fell. Kate said they were pushed. So I wanted more of the sister. To be honest, like, yeah, she was great. Like, she didn't have any lines, but like, just her facial acting and, and things like that was just so great that I low key wanted more of her and less of Rose. <laughs> so I think like that's my whole like that's my thing is I want like I like Paige more than Rose and Paige was on screen and said so much less than Rose um, yeah it's a great opening like when I, when I watched it again the second time I was like man this is a dope opening like it's great I, I was worried that like the you know him basically like saying basically doing like a your mom joke wasn't gonna like land Time, but it was still pretty good. Like it's still pretty funny, you know. Yeah. Basically, just meme and hot at this point, which I guess is pretty good. Yeah, it's a great. Which, I mean, like I, I really like that Poe still has that like comedic part to him because that was Poe's character in The Force Awakens. Yeah. You talk first, or I talk first. Who talks first? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, okay. No, the opening. The opening scene was extremely strong. That was. That was. I mean, like. When it opened, I was like, "Oh man, this movie is gonna be great!" Like, <laughs> like because it just—I mean, it, it didn't keep the the same momentum because again, I think it dipped somewhere in the middle, but it picked back up again a little bit, you know, after that dip. But the beginning was just so strong. Um, uh, just like uh, you were saying about Paige, she her acting was so good for in the direction too. I gotta give props to the direction for the scene too. Uh. It, it was such a powerful scene, like seeing the things fall apart and then having to scramble to fix it. You know, like they 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 sent the bombers out and then the like what six of them? Like, what was it six of them were out there and like five of them got blown up or something like that? I was like, dang! <laughs> and then the, the remote dropped and then she had to get the remote and then when the when she got the remote to fall, it looked like it fell through. It, it was just like all, it was all really heightened. Um, it was a really intense moment. And and she did excellent throughout it. Um, Poe had to shine. I'm glad he did because um, uh, one of my favorite scenes in the in the Force Awakens is when he when uh like that five seconds or ten seconds or whatever when Finn's on the ground and they're on Takadona and and Finn's uh, Poe's flying over and he shoots like ten Tie Fighters. Yeah. One continuous shot. Oh my goodness. I love that scene so much. You know, and Finn's all like, oh, that's a hell of a pilot, you know? So uh, I, I was like, Poe needs to have another moment like that. And that was kind of like his moment in this film. So uh, yeah, that opening was really, really good. Yeah. So I enjoyed the opening moment just like everybody did, I thought. But 
unfortunately, as we said before, with the science, growing up, I got it in the 70s that they make the pew-pew noises and everything else. <laughs> but as I've gotten older and everything, I try and it's hard. It just bugs me because I'm like, none of this should happen in space. <laughs> I was like, it's Star Wars. We have to let it go. It's good. So but you it's... want a silent battle. So I, Yeah, I have a silent battle <laughs> in my head. <laughs> I have the silent battle in my head of what things should not sound like and what they actually do sound like <laughs> but i do enjoy it though and it's one it's the one series i guess or franchise where i kind of give it a pass since it was like the 70s and it's been like that but yeah i do um i think going off of that kind of like talking about this scene um in the next one you have leia reprimanding him because in this scene you have poe not following orders and deciding to take out the ship because he only has one part left um at this point the other ships have already been destroyed, just not all of them. And so when Leia tells him to turn back, like there's kind of, at least when I see people discuss it, they're like, well, Poe got everybody killed. And like in my head, like talking about it now, remembering it, I'm just kind of like, people are already dead. Uh -huh. Taking down that ship made those deaths matter. Yeah. That made make sense. Uh -huh. Yeah. I think I thought um, first and foremost, like before we like, uh, and this is something that I noticed again when rewatching it. Like, I'm so happy with like the ships, like the new ships that they're giving us. In oh yeah, mm -hmm. that dreadnought was dope looking. It was mm -hmm. really good. So dope looking, and those bombers were dope looking too. Like, I really, really enjoyed like how they're giving us new ships and things like that. Um, but the Ripper Man scene was great. Like, I didn't, I never, even in the second watch, I don't feel like he inherently did anything wrong. Like, he's. Yeah. He's right. Like, if that sh if that dreadnought is there when they do the next hyperspace jump, like, do they survive like the rest of the movie with that dreadnought being around? Mm -hmm. uh, but Leia's line of uh, what what is uh, like heroes heroes died out there, and then she's like, um, uh, "Dead heroes, not leaders." Yeah, I think so. a lot of like the like this movie tonally for his basically like his character arc for like for the rest of for the rest of the movie, but then also like gives me problems of decisions that leaders make in this movie that we'll get to later of like, well, I mean, there's some not good leadership here. It doesn't matter if they're dead or alive, but yeah. Yeah. I think I like that conflict. I like, I like that, that, you know, uh, cause the mom has this, this issue all through her like life yeah. <laughs> of making decisions that are just like, why? Um, and you know when Leia makes that decision, it wasn't really. I, I, you can see I like the conflict because you can see where she's coming from, but you see where Capo's coming from too. So yeah. it's a good, it's a, it's a good conflicting. It, I thought that was like really good writing on that part. I yeah, you know, if they talk about it and they have a conversation. Yeah. About I, I think that's why I like it when it happens with Leia because you understand that there's a relationship that has built this rapport bet between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And like that's one of the really strong parts for me, and because like too like you know that Leia because you don't even need to read the books to know that he's Leia's most trusted advisor or trusted pilot because yeah get that in the Force Awakens you right know that they have this established connection yeah. that she trusted him alone to get the plans to find her brother mm -hmm. that amount of faith and trust in someone to me is what makes some of the other decisions with other characters annoying. So let's move into those things. Um, I guess next, um, do we do you want to talk about Ray or do you want to talk about the bridge? <laughs> the bridge, right? Oh, geez. The bridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, the next. Yeah. The next. So 
so the next thing here is you have um, Kylo Ren flying in to attack the ships and Kylo hesitating to shoot the ship that his mother is in, but the other pilot succeeding and blowing up the bridge and everybody gets sucked out. And then Leia uses the force to save herself. And I'm going to say it now, this is both my a, a scene that I love and a scene that I hate at the same time um, that gives me a lot of conflict. And I think this is also one of the points in the movie that people have talked a lot about. So I think this should be our next, uh, our next step. Um, yeah. Um, before that, I thought, um, well, first, like Kylo's TIE fighter is dope. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love how he gets reprimanded by Snoke, like right before this. And he's like, all right. Get my ship ready. We're about to go jack some stuff up. And he just single-handedly just like kills a bunch of people <laughs> in that anger. And it is just amazing. Um, and then him hesitating to shoot the the bridge, knowing that his mom is there, is so good. Like you continue this conflict from the last movie and even extends over to his mom, which is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think but- Snoke, Snoke was like the fanboy star wars side telling him everything that they were yelling at him because of that battle with ray (laughs) (laughs) did you how did you lose how did you like yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) bridge scene blowing up um when i saw it the first time i was like she's not dead like someone's gonna save her because they didn't do the scene well enough for them just to kill leia like that so i knew something was gonna happen to save her. But the way they did it is just I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say it's dumb. It, it's just really dumb. Uh based on the established stuff that we have, like the bloodline book that happens, you know, a few years before all the stuff is going on. Like they're they have you know scenes in that where she's like trying to manifest the force and trying to like use some of the things that Luke taught her prior to this. And she struggles with it. Like, it's hard for her to to do that stuff because she's untrained. But all of a sudden, she becomes Mary Poppins from, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a request, a request to our <laughs> listeners right now. Get that, get that clip and insert a Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't like it just because it comes out of nowhere and then no one talks about it. Like no one, like it's like, it's, it's like a people s- treat it like it was a normal thing that she does. <laughs> right. <laughs> and how does the force help you? And back to like Matt's point of science, like how does the force make you not freeze to death in the vacuum of space? Question is, shot outward, how did you get enough body momentum and then push yourself back the other direction? Yeah. I didn't like it. I don't like the way they handled it. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, do you want to talk about it? And then I think so. (laughs) So, one, the only thing I can say to possibly defend this is the human body has proven over time in science that in extreme conditions, it can do extremely crazy thing was that her lifting a car to save her baby moment yes okay there have been like times where people have been able to lift thousands of pounds because you only use one third of your microtubules of your muscles and then if you used all of them you'd rip all your tissues but you can do it in time to survive only thing i can think of it's still probably terrible but 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as the entire bridge scene of Leia thing, I was actually not focused on that because I was wondering, did they just say Admiral Akbar just got shot off into space and nobody seemed to care? Right. Like, uh. <laughs> like one of those like toys that you throw out your window and yeah. nobody seemed to care at all. And I was very disappointed in this. Yeah. Um, so going off of that, I think I think we I think we will respect Akbar in a way that Ryan did not and talk about him after we finish talking about Leia so he he can get a spotlight at least in our podcast for a second. <laughs> uh, for me, the CG was just really bad. The CG was really bad and it looked weird. It looked like Mary Poppins and I, <laughs> it hurt because like I was a mess. Like I was the moment she got shot out and Matt can attest to this. I was like heaved over in my seat, like audibly crying. Like I was just, I was a mess. And then they brought her back initially. And I think still like, I'm like, that's awesome. You showed Leia using the force. That is really cool and awesome. But then she doesn't use it again ever in the movie. And then nobody talks about, like, they could have easily put in, like, a couple of lines when Poe's standing with her while she's in the stasis thing where they could have talked about it, like, you know, medically. Yeah, you see something. that? You see that shit? Right. <laughs> you see what she just did? See how dope that was? <laughs> how did she Especially do that? Poe. Poe would have been a perfect person to talk about it. <laughs> Which leads to one other question before you go. Um, I was asked, so how did they get her back in with not everybody, like, getting out into space? Sucked out, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Star Wars physics. Yes. I thought they used the, the she didn't, I mean, I only saw the movie once. It wasn't a, um, what do you call it? A, uh, airlock right there? No. They open, you're in the inner lock of the hole, so you usually don't have all the airlock stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I mean, like, because I love that scene because of it, because it shows the fact that Leia is a really, is really strong and has a connection to the force. But I hate that scene because it doesn't explain it or tell anything and doesn't like, if we don't read the books, nobody knows that Yoda wanted to train her. Nobody knows that she is also really strong in the force. Nobody knows that because we don't get that. So to just kind of throw this out there, to me, it was it was a detriment to explaining how great Leia is. Um, like people should be astounded that she saved herself. Yeah. And then they sidelined her for the rest of the movie after she did that amazing thing. Like she doesn't do much after after that, but like exposition of, you know, hope speeches. Yeah. Uh-huh. What about you, Ritz? How did you feel? Um, I thought the scene was good. Uh I knew I knew when I saw the scene, as I was watching the scene, I was like, there's gonna be a lot of people that don't like this scene. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that does look pretty friggin' insane. <laughs> But I liked it because uh, <laughs> number one reason is because uh, so like you guys were saying, Leia never you never get to see Leia really use the Force, uh, like uh, the I guess the telekinetic side of it maybe or yeah. the uh, you know she, she feels the Force that, that's yeah. all we, we we know she feels it, it, it well she does save Luke I I, I do want to note that uh, in in Return of the Jedi I, I mean I'm sorry not Return, uh, Empire Strikes Back because uh, somebody was talking to me about this earlier and I'm like did you guys completely forget the Luke was like at the bottom of uh, Cloud City, and, it, and he called back to her. She heard him, and they she made him turn the ship around and go get him. Yeah, yeah. 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 
Um, and granted, that's not the physical, like, you know, doing force pushes and all that stuff, but she used, that's, that's also, it says that she has a connection to the force and obviously to him because, you know, brother, sister and all that, but they're both Vader's kids. So, um, so anyways, yeah, I liked that scene. Um, also, I didn't have a problem with the fact that she never used the force in that way before and that she struggled with it before, mainly because what she was doing there was unconscious. It was a, to me anyways, it was a, uh, instinctive reaction, you know, all right. You know, maybe the force guided her or the force ebbed and flowed with her, or whatever the force works in mysterious ways. Uh, she, yeah, it's like, it was like, a, it was like a, it was like a. It was just like okay, I I, I got to survive like a like yeah. a base response. So she pulled herself back in, and then she was able to use it in that way. Um, as far as her free, uh, the, the CG didn't bother me. I mean, but most of the time CG doesn't bother me that much. Um, yeah, high five to that. <laughs> yeah, she she doesn't bother me that much. And so, I mean, some stuff is blatant, like in Justice League, some of the little purple things is blatant. <laughs> I hate to point out Justice League. Sorry, Justice League guys, but but uh, the little purple stuff was blatant. Like the little purple, stuff. I was like, that looks bad. But unless unless it's that bad, then CG doesn't usually bother me. I don't think he was. So, yes. <laughs> well, Matt had this entire uh, like speech where he he likened CG to pizza. Like <laughs> bad pizza is bad pizza, and good pizza is good pizza, and everything else is just pizza. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. I got you. Yeah, I'm there with you. I don't think the CG bothered me too much. Um, just because like all of this movie is basically in space for the most part, so there's not a whole bunch of practical effects going on anyway. Mm. Well, that's something that I noticed on the second watch that like they didn't do nearly as much practical stuff that they did in The Force Awakens, which that kind of hurt me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I guess like the only thing like it was it was like you know that was a CG Leia and CG Leia looked like Mary Poppins and that's what was- <laughs> <laughs> that's how the CG was bad. They were poppins, y'all. <laughs> and I, I guess I'm with. Uh, I guess so. Uh, so for that layer, maybe, maybe we can circle back, or, or since that's layer's part, we can uh, circle back around on Akbar. And I'm just gonna say, fish lives matter, <laughs> yep. <laughs> because uh, that was disrespectful, dog. Like I don't, I don't, I don't even know. That's just disrespectful. Yeah. 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 Re- like really, like I audibly like in the theater because like there's a lot of moments in this movie that like. I literally like looked at my wife and was like, "What? <laughs> I mean, this is this is like my first one where I was like, "Yo, did they just do my dude Akbar like that? Did they just yeah, do him unsaid emotionally? Like after the voice actor recently died, like you couldn't give my man like a a fitting death? The one alien in like one of the one aliens in this whole you know resistance, you got rid of him like exactly. so <laughs> much more with him, and you just let him you just let him go." Which is kind of what I was getting into of like, yeah, there's no aliens, which also like bugs me. Because it's not like the Empire was like completely racist towards aliens and aliens have more to gain from joining (laughs) existence. (laughs) That was like with Adrian when that first happened. I was like, I know this. Is this a different one? Am I confused? And I was like, looking at Kate, like, am I confused? Am I talking about somebody different that I missed? And it was just thrown away. Like, yeah, Akbar and everybody on the bridge died. Yeah, they're out. Yeah, you never would have known. Like, the person that, because I went, we took a friend to go watch it for the first time today. And I was like, yeah, they killed killed Akbar. She was like, what? They killed him? (laughs) If you get one line, if you miss that one line, you don't know that Akbar's dead. (laughs) Don't blink. Yeah, <laughs> I do agree with Fritz though in the whole fact that like it didn't bo- as much the Mary Poppins thing's hilarious and everything. It didn't bother me as much 
even though it is weird that she doesn't use it the rest of the movie, but that never happened before of her Leia using the Force, only because of the circumstance of, like, she's literally dying and her body really... Reacted just, to yeah, it. Like, it she didn't it. react to it, her body. Uh-huh. Yeah, I could see that. I just wanted more. But yeah, no, uh, Akbar, uh, that just really hurts. Like, the Mon Calamari are, like, really instrumental in all of the space warfare that they do do. And, like, to just kind of get rid of him like that, it's like, really... I mean, he didn't help build this like rebellion or anything. That's cool. Yeah, that's he didn't cool. provide all the giant Mon Calamari ships. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's like one like the big problems I have like with this movie in general. Like, this is uh, not saying, and just like as like a overarching point, like you could, you know, Ryan Johnson could go against like all these tropes and you know, you know, stick it to you know fan theories and things like that. But like killing off Admiral Akbar like that, like a guy who's you know, in the fans' hearts, like, one of, like, the, you know, despite his, like, low screen time, like, he's an important character, shows me that, like, does this dude really even care as much as, like, a, you know, J.J. Abrams does if you're just going to kill off Admiral Akbar like that mm-hmm. just because? Like, who Akbar is, and then he should know who Akbar is. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think that I think that, that kind of, like, points to, uh, to something, and I, I think we can talk about the overarching points when we, when you hit them, and I think that that really... I don't mind that it is a different type of Star Wars. I mind that it didn't care about anything that it's that it should be fitting into narrative wise. And I think uh-huh. Akbar was that first point for me because that is just really bad. Like man. Have you ever seen Toy Story when the little aliens, the little squishy things they get thrown around everywhere and just popping off? That's what I thought was happening to Akbar in space. Uh. Man, come on, call Mari. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna go watch Rogue One again though, because I'm just gonna. I'm gonna live through that. <laughs> Bask in the glory of Radis. Exactly. <laughs> that gave Mon Calamari some do. Um. Yeah. Um. Who wants to bring up the next point? <laughs> the next part. I mean, basically, you get like the rest of the plot of the movie of, hey, everyone's dead. Now we have Amal and Holdo, is going to uh, get in charge. Why wasn't the vice admiral on the bridge? I don't know why the vice admiral wasn't on the bridge in the first place. Because um, for a second there, I thought Poe was going to take charge. For a second, no, that's why I thought they were setting up. I was like, oh, is is it, is it that bad? Like, is everyone yeah. really dead? <laughs> like, falls down to like you know, lieutenant, nobody. <laughs> yeah, I was like, dang, I'm down. Uh, I personally like so um, the print, uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan book has Admiral Holdo or uh, yeah, Amalyn Holdo in it. And she's a great character that Leia's like known forever. So I knew a little bit about the character going into it. Um, but then she like berates Poe and like basically sends him away, which kind of sets up like the rest of the, you know, mm-hmm. them having to go make a, a new plot to stop them from getting tracked, which is a problem I have with the movie. <laughs> uh, I, didn't, I didn't mind the tracking. The tracking plot itself. You know, I like the tracking thing. The tracking thing is 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 good because they make like a reference to uh, back in Rogue One when she's going through the files. There's like mm-hmm. a one of the files is like hyperspace tracking something. Oh, so nice. like they've been working on that thing. So it's uh that that stuff doesn't bother me. What bothers me is that Finn and Rose go on like and Poe and you know, they come up with like this plan because. Admiral uh, Amalyn Holdo doesn't tell anybody her plan. Yeah. So half of half of this movie's subplot happens because she just doesn't tell Finn, like, hey, dude, I got or she doesn't tell Paul, like, hey, dude, I got a plan. Like, 
relax. Like, well, we're, we're going to be fine. Yeah. Cause like, as much as I, like, I think the, the thing that's been told to me many times, um, was she doesn't have to explain anything to him. She, you know, she's this, but then in the back of my mind, I'm like, this isn't like, this isn't the first order. Like people aren't just going off to their deaths to go off to their deaths and just do what they're told. Like one of the things about the resistance and the rebellion is that it is very much, at least at that level, level people are interacting with each other and everybody is fighting for a common cause. So it doesn't make sense to me that Holdo wouldn't tell him. And on top of that, even though um, Poe disregarded one order, order from Leia previously, he was her most trusted person. Like, and you have to know that if you know that somebody on your crew will react in a way that you don't agree with, if you don't tell them things, like, it is more important to tell them, hey, this is actually what we're doing versus I'm going to teach you a lesson and you're probably going to, like, arrest me for treason like they do. Yeah. And that just, that doesn't work for me narrative-wise, but it has to happen in order for the subplot to happen. Yeah. So one that should have been Akbar up there taking charge. It should have been Akbar. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was gonna say it was weird that she was even there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two. I mean, I guess we're supposed to care about this character, but if you've never read a book like I have, then I have no idea who this character is or anything. And I'm kind of with this whole thing. She doesn't tell anybody anything, and so the whole time I'm thinking, one, either you're completely clueless at what you're actually doing, or you're actually a bad person. And I thought for the person that's being in charge, I shouldn't feel like that for that person. And so I literally did not like her character throughout the entire movie this whole time. And then, as basically said, this whole movie and the subplot can be cut down by like an hour if you, she just literally says, all right, guys, this is what we're going to do. Like a usual commander And then the does. rest of the movie isn't a heist to 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 break apart the tracker, but actually, this is, this is in, in my head canon, this is what that movie was. It was Finn and Rose working with Ray to get her onto the supremacy to save Ben. That that in my head, that is what I'm thinking, not Canto Bite and all those things, which we'll get to. If anything, despite all this, she literally—I mean, obviously, if more Poe does decisions, if anything, she just gets a lot more people killed. Yeah, and I think that it really just bugs me because Poe looks like an asshole, and and it's probably my fault for like being a part of Star Wars Twitter and looking at things, but everybody is making Poe into like some misogynist and like asshole, and it really makes me mad. Because, just, like, I do not read, like, I have never seen that in Poe, and I don't see that there. And so I'm just kind of like, it's a, it's a flaw. Don't defend it by trying to say Poe is a sexist. Like, mm -hmm. the respect he has for Leia disproves that. And that makes, that, that just makes me really mad. If she literally tells him anything, gives anybody a clue what's going on, none of this happens. Because he, she tells well, him after. Tells her, right? Like, he calls, he calls her out multiple times in front of everybody. Yeah. And if she was just not telling him, and someone could be like, "Hey, hey, dude, like, we we got this. Like, we're we're, we're gonna be fine." But no, like, apparently, no one knew because who's uh, Billy Lord? I don't I don't Conics. know if they have the name Conics. the name of yeah, Connick's. She's like a lieutenant, and she didn't even know the plan. <laughs> like, if your lieutenant yeah. on the bridge doesn't know the plan, you're you're doing something wrong. Um, and a little bit later on in the film, uh when Leia's explaining the plan to him, she's like, uh, she was focused on protecting the light, not being the hero. I was like, what? Like, no. Like, <laughs> like, you telling your plan to your crew isn't you being the hero. Like, 
You telling your planet crew is making sure your crew who is scared and knows they're all running out of fuel is freaking out. And all their leaders are dead. If you have what to do be you like, what did she expect, you know, Finn to do? Like, this is not a teaching moment with the supremacy, you know, flagship is on your ass. Like, this is not the moment where you need, like, hey, I need to teach this kid a lesson so he stops being so misogynist and a flyboy. <laughs> This shows to being beyond Poe because when you when they introduce Rose, she's she stuns Finn so that he doesn't escape because Finn in his mind is like, This ship is going down. I know the power of the first order. I cannot have Ray come back to this. I need to get out and I need excuse me. I need to move this tracker somewhere else so Ray doesn't come to her death. And Rose mentions that she has already stunned people who have been trying to flee the ship. If, if you're at a point where your crew is trying to flee the ship, tell your people your plan. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so, I like, I like agree with you guys on this, but like, I like, I, I like, I disagree in a way. I, I agree with what you guys are saying, but I, I disagree that it makes that part bad or that it doesn't work. Yeah. So I agree that Emmeline is like that's ridiculous for her not telling everybody. Um, but I, I maybe this is just me being I don't know me, <laughs> but I, I I like I like chalk it up to this is a character flaw. Uh, she had it in her mind that she didn't like Poe. She like she just straight up had it in her mind. She she was set in her mind already. And when she took over the command from Leia, she also had it set in her mind that yo. Um, I'm going to do things differently from how Leia did it. And I'm going to be uh, more military about this. Now, I don't, I, I, I don't know, uh, like, if you guys have done any military stuff. But military-wise, the, the need to know uh, is very, it's a very small room. Very, very small. Now, I, I still agree that, yeah, in this situation, more of these people should know. Uh, you know, it'd be like, there's like only a few people left alive, period. Like, so <laughs> they should know. But I think her character flaw was a having it set in her mind that yo I don't even like Poe, uh, I'm not gonna let him walk all over me, and yeah I'm gonna do this the military way, and then B um, I'm gonna keep it like in the need to know room of like three or four people of the top military minds, um, and even though there's like nobody left, but <laughs> but keep it three or four of the top military minds and not tell Poe also because I don't like him. So I think it's her character flaw that propelled all those things to happen, not necessarily a problem with the actual uh the writing of it i think i think that like her that there was a purposeful flaw for her to cause that stuff to happen so is she i guess i just want to know because is she like that in any of the books or anything that's been ever referenced to her because well, like, to me this is my first experience with her so i'm like i don't i don't to me i don't know if that's a character flaw i can't say that because i don't know anything actually even about her well the Book book wise, so Emily Holdo in the books is uh is uh, Star Wars is Luna Lovegood from Harry Potter, uh, <laughs> basically. So she's nothing like that in in this in this movie. Um, she's very now something that is is similar to her character is that she is uh she's like awkwardly, what's the word? She's awkwardly uh blatant, like yep. in the in, in her book in her uh when she's younger. Uh, and she kind of does it. I, you can, I guess you, I, maybe I'm trying to tie it. She kind of does it in this movie, but honestly, there's not really that many similarities between her in this movie and her in the book. She's yeah. just different age and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your reference to uh, the the character Harry Potter is spot on. Uh, and I think that's like why I kind of have a problem like with her character in this because she's a lot more like eccentric and you know very forth, forthright with like what she has on her mind, which she kind of is here. But like, I just feel like the character that I experienced in the book would have been like, "Hey, dude, you don't know all the answers. Here's what we're doing. Shut up and just let me do." <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're, it's going to work out. I, I but, agree. like, because if she doesn't do that, you don't have half the plot of the movie. And that's my problem with it. Not that it's, like, a character flaw. Like, she could have had that character flaw in another way. Uh-huh. But, like, that decision sets off a heist thing and, like, character development stuff for other characters uh-huh. when it happened in, in, like, a different way. Right. So, so I guess you guys, like, I think what you guys are saying is that basically they forced it to happen in that way. Uh, so that that plot can kick off. Yes. Um. And I and I and I get that. I just think that I just think that it was okay that it happened that way. Uh, it could have been done. It could have been executed better. I will say that. But I think if they executed it better, it's still going to happen in that way. Um. Yeah. And I think they kind of undercut it too by like when Poe finds out the plan and he's like, "Oh man, that's a great plan. Like we can do all this stuff." And then in my head, like we loop my wife and I turn to each other, like, well, why didn't she just say that? And then he would have been fine. <laughs> like he would have been okay. <laughs> like we because she, because she, because she, after he heard it, he was okay with it. I I, I kind of like that she didn't tell him because it was it was almost like her issue with Poe screwed everything up. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's like she's hated on Poe, so <laughs> so she doesn't tell him anything. You know, which is. Again, juvenile, but again, it's the character fall, you know. Yeah. I think, but. I think it's just, I think honestly, I just like this has grown for me more because people are demonizing Poe in this and like glorifying her. And I'm like, no, yeah, screw those guys. Like, I don't know what they're talking about. I heard, I heard you say that. kind of bad leadership. Like, like I said, I thought the whole thing was basically bad leadership 101, especially yeah. given the circumstances of how she came of rank. And because I think like, you said it, Ritz, on. like, there's barely anybody alive. Tell yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time for you to like hold it to yourself. We have ten right. of us. She's yeah. trying to act like the big boss, and it was like, "Look, you, there ain't nobody for you to be a boss over right now." Yeah, because <laughs> I, I think too, like I, like I understand the needing to tell to teach this lesson to Poe because at the end you get it mirrored where he's telling Finn to not kill himself the same way Leia mm-hmm. told him, so you know that he's learned the lesson. But at the same time, like I don't think it was a lesson to be learned from that. Like right. the way she acted, like it was literally just her being pigheaded. And you can like, right. I, 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 I can get behind what you're saying. Like, yes, it was there, but it was done as a flaw to her. Like, as like, like as like, there's flaws in leadership as there are flaws in right. uh, boys. Right. But the way I keep seeing it is, you should have listened to Holdo. You should have not done anything, Poe. You should like. Yeah, all those fanboys can go on somewhere. Like they're fan girls. Let's be specific. <laughs> oh, oh, oh the, the people who were saying it. Yeah, no, they're fan girls because they're saying that Poe is a misogynist. Oh, and, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Like, yeah, no, they're fan girls that are saying that. But I'll, I'll, yeah. <laughs> so at me if you want. I'll defend my baby. Yeah, he's a Guatemalan yeah, husband, that, and I will defend him. I, I just like Poe's. That how can people say that about Poe? It's just. I don't. Uh, I like his dynamic. I like his character dynamic. I like honestly, I like everybody's character dynamic in the movie, even Holdo for being that annoying. Well, you know see, what I mean? Like, I, I do like Holdo in the end, but like, yeah. Okay, yeah. We should probably move on to the next. We're part. right at fifty yeah. minutes. You better get to moving. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, keep talking and talking. Okay, okay, I was okay, like, okay. come on. This is Patreon content. 
or, or a two-part review. Nobody wants to listen yeah. to a part review. Uh, okay, so I know people who would. Um, okay, so next part, um, you want to jump to Ray? The start of Ray? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the the main plot of the story is Ray's is Ray finding Luke, trying to get Luke to train her and ultimately discovering that she still has this connection with Kylo. Um, and for me, I think the main plot is really, really beautiful and really um, it, a lot of it is well done. And I think to um, Luke's refusal to help her um, kind of, eh, Luke's refusal to help her, and then Luke, when we realize what Luke did to Kylo, it makes Luke kind of hover around in all of the moments that she has with Kylo. And every time Ray's around, you have Luke Luke in your head while she's interacting. Um, so I thought all those parts are really well done. So the question I do, is this the actual main plot? I think it's the main plot. This is where I got yeah, confused. What was the main plot and was the... The lawnmower car chase, not the main plot. Yeah, no, that was the subplot. <laughs> okay. That was the subplot. This okay. is the main plot. Okay, so um, this is the main one. Which okay. I think goes to one of my overarching one of my overarching critiques is they keep extending the main cast to focus on all these little subplots to give everybody a chance to shine. And I'm like, don't because it's a movie and you don't have that much time <laughs> and Ray needs to be your focus. Well, that's basically what I thought the whole time where every person has to have their own plot and their own thing that basically you get lost and you have nothing. Yeah. You basically diversified so bad or so thin that you actually have nothing coherent. You have a bunch of like, no. you're not good at anything. Yeah, you have a whole bunch of little stories everywhere. Earth uh -huh. is Ray. I like the Luke Ray, um, Ray stuff right from the get-go. Like when he handed her the lightsaber, I was like, he's gonna throw it, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and then he did it, and I was like, oh my god, this is <laughs> I like this. Because I didn't I I really didn't want it to be like, all right, he found me. Let's let's get to training. Like it was the the disconnect was great. I really, really liked it. And then, you know, his scene with R2 is so good. Oh yeah. I cried. It it's one of my favorite scenes. I was uh, do you want to explain that real quick? Uh, so he gets onto the Millennium Falcon, and R two wakes up, and he's like, R two's like berating him, and he's like, "Hey, hey, hey, man! Like, watch your language." And it's so great because we haven't really got any much anything of like R 2s like, you know, uh, quippy droid in existence. Yeah, and we got it. And then him doing the playing the Leia message was so. Oh my goodness! Knows it. And that little droid knows exactly what he's doing, and it's. <laughs> such a good moment like that i know like a lot of people say like this movie is like anti-star like it's like the anti-star wars movie like where they're throwing out all of, like the fan servicey stuff that scene is so fan servicey and i loved it yes mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah uh and it felt so there's so much nostalgia just hearing him talk to r2 like if you close your eyes you can almost it almost sounds like you know original trilogy because yeah. he sounds so close to, you know, how he was before. Um, but, yeah, when he first met, before he first gave it to him, and he tossed it, <laughs> I, I kind of cracked up. And I was like, okay, that's, that was unexpected. Um, my problem with that, though, is that later on, they didn't come back. Uh, so the initial toss was fine, but then later on, he didn't come back and 
have a he should have had a moment with that lightsaber. He should have had a moment with it. He should have. Uh, there should have been a moment asking some. He should. He didn't ask. He didn't ask where she got it from. You know. Yeah. There there was, there was like where Maz gets it from either. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. We, we still know. Where know from. Um, I'm sure that'll be like some random comic or something, or I don't know, but forces of destiny or something. I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> uh, we we still don't know where Maz gets it from. But just the fact that Luke doesn't ask, like that's that was like a big miss for me. I was like, what? Like. Come on. You should have an attachment to this. Like this right. is an object you should have attachment to. Yeah, I actually didn't think about that. I guess like if I had to defend him throwing it, I think that would just shows like how disconnected he was from this whole thing. He's like, nope, not even gonna indulge this. this exactly. Like, that's I'm, why the initial throwdown was fine. But I like later on when they're like sitting around the uh or sitting around talking or whatever, and she has it, it would that would have been a nice opportunity for at least a short conversation about it, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think too, like one of the, one of my favorite exchanges with them is when um, so you see Ray pretty much just following him around like a shadow as he does his daily routine, just trying to wear weigh him down um, yeah. or wear him down so that he'll teach her. And there's this moment where he, I guess, he decides to after watching her practice. And he is explaining to her for, I believe it, it's his first lesson about like the power of the Jedi and stuff. And then he ends up asking her why she's doing this. And he asks her multiple times because she just gives him this like spiel. Like this is what practice to say. It's the first thing she says when he meets him, she says it again, she says it again. And then Luke just like, no, I want to know why you're really here. Don't give me that. And he pushes mm -hmm. her. And so for me, that is probably one of my favorite interactions between the two. And then you have him um, teach her how to kind of tap into the force and you have the realization, one, she's powerful and oh my God. Um, but two, that Luke has completely closed himself off to the force. Uh -huh. Luke doesn't interact with it at all. He is, he's not attached to what binds all life, uh -huh. um, which is really powerful. I was going to say, I, I think she also, uh, and there are, I can't remember which part of the movie it happened, but when they're kind of scuffling a little bit, yeah, she forces him to reconnect. Remember he fell? Yes, yeah, and he, he keeps himself from falling on there by holding himself up with the force. Yeah, she, she forced him to reconnect. Uh, also... At first, so initially, I had a problem with the little dark side whole thing. Uh, initially, I was like, they put it, they're putting this in here just to make us wonder if she's gonna go to the dark side, and that's lame. Um, you know, like, don't do that. That's yeah, that's just like, there's no other point for it. But then I thought about it a little bit more, and I said, I think this was in the fact that Luke got so scared when she looked at it. I think this was also a nod to uh, him not understanding that. Uh, you know the, the 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 concept of light and dark isn't necessarily the right way to go, but necessarily that uh, the, the the Jedi or Force users should be able to uh, not really use both sides of it, but understand both sides of it. Sides, yeah, yeah, call on both sides of it because I think, I mean, I, I talked about this with you guys before. I think uh, like one of the Jedi that really got it down, I think, was Mace. Um, and then yeah, um, even more so Qui Gon. Um, understanding that it's not about the light or the dark side it's, it's 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 about the way that you i guess the way that you're moving with the force at that time it's hard to explain i guess 
But anyways, I, I when I thought about that later, I like the fact that she was able to go into the hole and do the little mirror thing and come out and not like be any worse for wear. It, it was, it was kind of like a nod to she's stronger than just falling to the dark side just because she you know walked into its presence or whatever and i think too like one of the things that i'm thinking about is maybe the reason you end up with this sith jedi dichotomy um is because you have this old way of like you have to pick one and ray doesn't really think like that because she didn't grow up with jedi and sith she didn't grow up knowing that you can only choose the light side like mm-hmm. in her head, she knows that the Jedi are what you need and the Jedi are great. But when it comes to actually experiencing it, she wasn't told from a child to reject everything. So when she goes into the hole and when she has the experience with the dark, she's not, it's not like mystified to her. It's not taboo. Like it's just there. Mm-hmm. And she knows that's where she doesn't want to be. Mm-hmm. And Luke so was so me- scared. Luke was like, I love that. I love that. That Luke was so scared when she saw it. And she's just like, what? <laughs> yeah, I, love he, I love that what? he was so scared, but then they didn't. He didn't talk about it again. He was like, yeah. "Like, dude, like I've seen this once before. I don't want to deal with this again." But then she just he goes back to like teach her another lesson. Like after, I wish they would have talked about that more. Like how like legit scared he was of, mm-hmm. of her being able to do that. Mm-hmm. Also, like super something super super like minor, but like how did a person who grew up on Jakku know how to swim? <laughs> <laughs> how does she know how to swim? more pool. <laughs> no, but uh, and then just like the the Ray Kylo stuff was, was those interactions were so good and like it really solidifies that like Daisy Ridley's a great actor and oh, yeah. Driver like I think kills it in this role as Kylo Ren mm-hmm. way more than he did in the Force Awakens because I love those interactions between them between each other. So, so good, my opinion. Like, I think Kylo is better when he's with people because when he's having those broody moments by himself, I can't stand him. <laughs> I can't stand him being emo by himself. But I do think that um, the everybody on Twitter is calling it the force Skype calls. I have no problem with him. I thought it was really good because, and I, and I really think um, that as much as it kind of sets you up to think that Ray is kind of working within this. And then it, it ends with Snoke telling you, I did this for you all. I think Kylo has been using hat. Kylo is the one who kept that connection to her. And Kylo was the one who was manipulating it from the start. Like that's really what I walk away with. And I think their interactions are really good. And I think too, cause I mean, we're running out of time or whatever. So kind of just to jump everything in there, you have these connective moments shot between Luke and Leia that resemble the way that it's shot between Kylo and Rey, um, which really like solidifies for me that like, I, I, I can't get behind Raylo. I will never get behind Raylo for many reasons that I, I can't go into now. Cause I'll be talking here for an hour, but I think that like those juxtaposition or like those comparisons between those two pairs of people who are force sensitive and connected to each other. Like there has to be something visceral that connects you to somebody. Um, that's what I took away from those. Um, but they're really, really well done. Um, mm. The whole touch stuff was really well done. Yeah. Snoke was trolling. <laughs> this was about the time when I really thought I was like watching The Walking Dead because I thought they were doing this whole like, well, he, <clears throat> I took the whole like dark side thing of like, well, what's going to happen? Will she go in there? Will she not? Oh, she went in there. What happened? And then, oh, like, okay. are they going to touch? Are they not going to touch? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, they're related. Are they not related? We don't know who her parents are at this time. 
let's just keep hanging on this. And I was just like, okay, can we like move this along a little bit? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, other than with her like be, being able to swim, I don't have a problem with like the dark side whole thing, just because so many times on these like force rich planets, we see that there's a light place and there's a dark place. Like even on Dagobah, like I saw that again, you know, hearkening back to them hitting on nostalgic notes. Like that was her, that was her cave scene, uh-huh. you know, from, from Luke going into the cave and facing Vader. Like, yeah, I think it's a scene that kind of had to happen. Like they, she, they had to have her go into that and face the, the, yeah. the dark side part of it. Speaking of nostalgia, was anybody else hoping that she was going to raise the X-Wing from the water? Oh, I thought she was going to. Yeah, I thought they were going to have Luke do it when, yeah. when she leaves. I thought they were going to have Luke do it and Luke's going to find an X-Wing and just, like, fuck some shit up. That's what I was done. Like, I, would, <laughs> I did. Like, I, I did. was the mark there. Like, if he would have done it, oh, man. Like, hey, look, look what I can do now, Yoda. Ha, 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 ha. Speaking <laughs> of Yoda, Yoda shows up. Yeah, speaking of Yoda, Adrian, talk about Yoda. Uh, I liked I that comes up, which made me happy. Yeah, like Frank Oz coming back, like I love that. It was good, uh, and him him just like being the same, like the same, you know, kind of like that like that dick that dick uncle to give you some advice is going to give you a lot of shit. <laughs> you know, basically telling like, dude, you're still that fucking teenager who is yeah. just looking at the horizon, you idiot. Like, what's wrong with you? I loved it. I thought it was great. Well, that exchange was hilarious because he's like, I'm going to burn it down. And then he hesitates and Yoda's like, okay, I'll do it for you. And the fact that he's just laughing at him the entire time, like I thought it was so good. Yeah, man. I I definitely got the, I I definitely got the theater clap going for that. Because I couldn't couldn't hold it back. I was like, oh my goodness, it's Yoda. Like, I was just so hyped. It was so much parallel. It was uh, such a good parallel to, uh, to uh, episode five, so I, I was I was super happy about that. Um, yeah, and it just sets up all the. He sets he basically kind of like a, solidifies the tone of like failure being the greatest teacher. You know, failure is a part of it. That's why people fail so much in this movie. So I think you know, thematically, it's it's a great scene to kind of like tell you like, hey, look, this is what you're watching. This is why this is important. Yeah, because as we switch to probably the biggest failure, because we have to talk about it. Not the biggest failure, because everybody fails. Um, like, I don't have a problem with Canto Bite and them sneaking onto the supremacy and them being Finn and Rose because they failed. I have a problem because you could ha- put them in any other situation. Like, you can lift them out and you still have the beginning and the ending of that movie can be pretty much the same. Like, nothing in there is so um, so monumental that it affects either side and it that it doesn't have to do with them failing or succeeding like it it exists by like it, it exists in a pocket by itself and it doesn't mm-hmm. really you know have too much interaction with anything else in my mind um which is why i have a problem with that um but and this you end up with finn and rose on kanto bite trying to find the master code breaker to go onto the supremacy in order to disrupt the tracker so that as Matt calls it, the, the tracker, the, the tractor car race, <laughs> car chase. You watch cops chase like lawnmowers, or watch them like when they have a little kid in a car, like <laughs> on fifteen miles an hour with like ten cops behind them, and they're barely moving. So like you have them going on there. Um, Canto by I I wanted it so much, and it just really fell flat for me. Um, that sets up another subplot with like. 
the children and Rose talking about how like how bad these people are. It's the only time we get aliens too, by the way. So aliens are all are all arms dealers. Um, and yeah, smart ones. And you get this throwaway line from DJ, who is the codebreaker they end up with, not the codebreaker they went to, but the codebreaker they end up with um, when they finally stole the ship and escaped. And Canto Bites like pretty much destroyed because of the the, the space horses, which are so cute. Oh, they're so cute. Um, <laughs> they're so cute. Um, <laughs> and DJ points out, hey. Yeah, you can hate these people because you think they're selling arms to the first order. But hey, look, there's also a purchase order for that nice S wing, X wing that that Poe is flying. That that Poe is flying, and he points out both sides. But then they don't do anything with it. Like that's something complex that I think fits into the narratives of Star Wars when it comes to talking about this and the fact that they're trying to, in the end, make up this thing that like, oh yeah, the Resistance doesn't fight like the first order. That's why we're awesome. But you just had DJ say that you kind of do. Like, yeah. it went I like that, actually. I like oh, no. that they did that. Oh, no, I like that they did that. I don't like that they didn't do anything with it. Because, like, exactly. the whole thing, like, these are the worst people ever. I want to put my fist through this. You know, all these people suck and the resistance is awesome. But then <laughs> the, the DJ puts out the real side of it. And then Rose isn't there to see it, which I hate. Like, Roche out on her shit of being like, hey, dude, like, we're not holier than thou. Like, we're getting stuff from these people too. But instead, like, they have, like, they have Finn go through it. I don't like it. Like, they should have, that should have been Rose's failure as, like, a, you know, her failure of, like, just thinking simplistically about all of this stuff of, like, there are good guys and there are bad guys. You know, why is Poe or why is Finn, who's like, rejected this lifestyle have to go through that conversation with dj instead of rose exactly like it was a point of view moment but nothing was done with it yeah and it wasn't done to the person that it should have been also i'm happy that they make benicio de toro be the fall of all this because i don't see him as ever being a hero like i think him playing (laughs) that's why he's a great collector in uh, the mcu but i don't you take him out and I don't feel anything, which is my problem with this entire subplot, which makes me really sad because it's not that I don't like these characters. It's not that I don't like Rose. It's that I don't feel like I know Rose enough to make a judgment call on it, um, which really hurts me because going in, I wanted to know more about Rose and I wanted to like Rose. I feel like I know more about Paige than I do her, um, which doesn't make sense because Paige dies in the first minute. Um and I think overall, like, this also leads me into the other thing that really made me mad is that Phasma is now Boba Fett because once they're on the ship and their plans go sour and DJ has turned them in, uh, there's a fight with Phasma. Why are you shaking your head? So do Rich and I not get to talk about the whole canteen thing? Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> go back go, go back to Canto Bites. I was like, I'm okay, sorry. I guess uh, here we're just get you some popcorn. Okay. So, you know. Canto bite. Talk. Well, Rich you can go first since you didn't get to- <laughs> <laughs> uh I mean I, I agree with what you guys are saying. Um I I think that the canto to sum it up, the canto bite subplot, uh the reason for it happening I was fine with for the most part. The execution could have been better with Holo, we are like we already talked about. Um, uh, I think it was a good plot or, uh, an okay, I won't say good. That's too strong of a word. 
It was an okay <laughs> plot thing. Um, but it was a bad character thing. Yeah. Because it was it was good to have the twist in the plot. Like, okay, they went, yeah, okay, we gotta go there, do this thing, and then we failed to get this thing. We got you got the wrong guy, and that guy betrayed us later on. Okay, we screwed up. But then the the characters never got redeemed again later. So yeah. for the plot, that was good for twisting. But for the characters, it was just bad because they didn't get a real arc. They yeah. Like like you said, they didn't they really didn't do anything. I mean, even later on near the end when Finn almost does something, he still doesn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh it, yeah, I guess that's all I got to say. Cancel is still beautiful. Cancel is beautiful. The aliens are beautiful. Uh again, I'm a little bit biased because I read the cancel by book. Uh I fit matter of fact, I finished the day of earlier the day I finished the last story as I was going to the movie theater. So I I like I saw aliens, like there's aliens in the pictures of the books. I saw like aliens are in the like book on the screen. I was like, oh it's now, that's cool. But uh but yeah, cancel like aesthetically is beautiful. Um yeah, that's that's pretty much it about cancel bite. I want a little plushie of the of the little like gnome thing that was like putting coins inside BBA. I want one. <laughs> the little drunk guy. <laughs> Me, like on a second watch, like cancel bite in itself is just like overly cheesy. That's mm. like on purpose or not, but like when they see the guy like with the rose thing, you're like, Oh my god, the guy with the rose, there he is, and they're like running towards him, like and it's just super cheesy. Oh, that was cheesy. I think it was I think I think it was partially on purpose though. Like that whole scene was like hyper uh hyper whatever. Yeah. <laughs> is it supposed to be like hyper cheesy? Like is that what he's doing? <laughs> I don't get I totally like I get going for campy, but if campy doesn't land and you have to question whether it's campy or not, that's camp done bad. Yeah, like yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just like it's Star Wars. It's supposed is it's this is supposed to be campy? Like are you making like a social commentary and like these type of scenes, like I don't, I just didn't. It, it just fell really flat for me, especially the second time around because I knew it was going to happen. So I was like, "These lines aren't the best," and I don't like it. Yeah. I, like, I like the horses. Yeah, I love the horses. I going to be pod racing. Like when everything shook, I was like, "Oh shit!" Now this is pod racing. <laughs> <laughs> so I like the horses, and I like the fact that I finally get to see aliens, despite the fact that we're in a giant galaxy and apparently there's no aliens. But um. Besides that, I thought the entire the subplot itself, if you remove it and do it on its own, like in if you want to money grab it like a rogue one, then sure, one bad. But besides that, it's completely useless to me. Yeah. I did didn't know the point of it. it. I didn't if anything just got a bunch of people killed. It was because somebody bad. thought of the place of cancel bite and they really, really wanted to put it in the movie. To me it reminded me of Suicide Squad with the Joker in it. Like he was oh, there, but it was like, wasn't that bad. No, I mean, wasn't that bad. <laughs> there was really no point to it. If Holda like says anything, none of this happens. If I mean all they did was get a bunch of people killed. I didn't get get the characters, whatever. It was yeah. a lot of campy lines, like you said. Like which I, the aliens. Which I do think like the writing in this subplot is probably the worst for me because I think that's where you get a lot of the forced humor and a lot of the, like, it kind of feels a little rushed and a little off. Uh-huh. Um, and that, like, it the pacing's just weird. And so that makes the writing super, weird. And that's Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, yeah. that whole subplot is Super Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. It feels uh-huh. like James Gunn wrote it. But I did like the whole, like, with the, because uh, I didn't like, I don't like the whole roast character because the whole, like, well, we're good guys, that whole simplistic view of looking at things. And so I was very disappointed. I was one, very excited when, uh, I guess his name's DJ, correct? Yes. Uh, basically showed that, oh, well, they sell X-Wing to them. 
But then I was also super disappointed because, like everybody else said, she wasn't there and they did nothing with it. Because I was like, see, this is what people yeah. need to think about. Does this whole good, mm -hmm. bad, especially considering you, we mentioned the whole like, not look at white side, dark side, everything, this kind of middle area, and then literally this whole entire subplot area that goes on with this thing was like, yeah. it's not just good people and bad people. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think this all go before I talk about Phasma, I think this goes into what gives us the Phasma fight. Um, you have uh, them failing, and then you have Holdo getting the last of the ships off and deciding and deciding to be the one who pilots the ship to have it be attacked by the supremacy. And what she does is the best death in Star Wars. So Holdo, and I want to give credit to Maya because I'm taking this from her. I hope you're listening. Thank you. Holdo should have been Akbar. Hi, um, uh, hyperdrives the ship through the supremacy, breaking it in half and destroying all the ships around it. And that scene is silent and it's beautiful and it's awesome. Uh -huh. But it should have been Akbar. But it should have been Akbar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is beautifully done. Even like the second time watching it, like just the silence. Both times I watched the theater was just like I people gasping about like how beautiful it, it of a scene it is. That was I wish that was the case for me, but I live in Atlanta and we were on the south side and people was being all ghetto. You know what I'm <laughs> 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 my theater, goddammit. Yeah, people are like, oh damn. Ain't gonna be in the next Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I, this, this was the point and this was the only time in the movie one of the only times in the movies that I turned to Matt and I just looked at him with like, like a really like gaping like hole in my face, like <gasps> oh, God. Yeah, it was beautiful though. But it also like it should have been Akbar or it could have been Leia, because that would have been a great way to have Leia go out knowing that Carrie died. But then I also know that like this was done before she passed. So uh -huh. I know that really wasn't in the cards. Uh-huh. Also, I know Adrian and I have talked about this. It bugs me that Leia doesn't offer to go on the ship. Yeah, she's like, let's her go. Like, yeah. You see her space save herself? She ain't getting on the thing on the <laughs> Yeah, I, re I really wish they would have had like more of like an argument there. Just because they've like they're like lifelong friends. She just like lets her like lifelong friend just do it. Like right. just judging by the Princess Leia or Leia Princess of Alderaan book, like I feel like they should have had uh you know, it would have been in vain, obviously, but like for Leia's character, I wish she would have argued a little bit. Be like, hey, dude, come on. Like, I, I got so this. Let me do Why this. did she have to stay behind exactly? Was it because of damage? Because I'm like, you have a spaceship that can travel at hyperspeed, but you don't have autopilot? Yeah, if she, but she did. If, if they like let her joy do it, like they would have been able to turn the ship around to like do well, I mean, that stage, but I'm talking about in general, like why she had to stay. That's what confused me. They said that she had to. They, they explained yeah, it no, somehow. Yeah, they explained yeah. they, they said think, she had to stay. Yeah, because I know she said someone has to stay to pilot the ship. And I think I think the reason she said that is because she already knew that she was what she was going to do to everything. Or like mm. she was like, if you have a droid, that droid doesn't have a contingency plan if something messes up. If a human yeah. or a human or an alien like Akbar does it, they ha they're able to enact a contingency if nothing goes as planned. Right. So th that doesn't bother me. Well, that defeats the whole purpose of what then what Leia preached Poe in the beginning of the movie. Well, I know that that that's what so that's what I don't get is because with the end and or mentioning like when Rose saves Finn, it's kind of like, 
we protect the things we love. And I'm just kind of like, really? But you had Holdo kill herself. You had Paige kill your, like to me that detracts from the fact that like, there is a stake that you have to have somebody willing to kill themselves for this cause. Otherwise it, it, it doesn't work. Yeah. Small gripe science wise. Like how does she <laughs> have enough fuel to do that jump? I thought they were out of fuel. I thought they had enough fuel for one jump, but that they yeah. would jump they, had, they had fuel for one jump 18 hours ago. Oh, yeah, that is true. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'll just chalk it up to the main ship had more in their fuel cells. I guess it's a bigger ship. It's something super small like uh, that shouldn't bother me, but it just bothers me like that they set up like all we're losing fuel. We fueled up the ships with like basically like our reserves, but we have enough for like this jump now. The only thing about me is they have autopilot. Like I, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I, I will. I don't care. Yeah. No. Don't I think. I think. One of the things that I don't get is Poe doesn't know the whole plan, but DJ tells them the whole plan. But he never heard it because Poe didn't know it until he was already disconnected and they got captured. Adrian, well, they, am I right yeah. or is it no, on, a, on a second watch like? He, they don't see, they don't ever like show DJ hearing the plan. But when, um, they're like, "Where are you guys at?" Like Poe, before they get to the ship, Poe calls them and be like, "Hey, you know, Holdo's juicing up the ships. Like, where are you guys at? Hurry, we're running out of time here." And they hear it, like Finn and Rose hears it, but we never see DJ hear it because he wasn't in the scene. Mm-hmm. And see, I think that's what I thought when how he knew he may not know the exact plan, but he knew they were gearing up the uh, okay. The see, yeah. and for me, I thought that how they did it made me feel that DJ had to have told them the entire plan. But if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Yeah, it's it's, it's 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 small earlier. But they don't have autopilot, but they have scan- cloaking devices to scan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. After this, you have Finn and Rose about to be executed, and then Holdo cuts the supremacy in half, and you have the very anticlimactic fight with Phasma. Phasma's the new Boba Fett, and it bothers the hell out of me. I think that's more disrespectful to Boba Fett. (laughs) It's disrespectful because she's Phasma just had, you know, probably one of the best books in the new canon and an amazing comic. And this is like my, to my point earlier. Like, I don't feel like Ray Johnson gives enough of a shit to like know these things. To be honest, like, I don't feel like watching this movie. I don't feel like he's a Star Wars fan. I feel like he's like, I know some cool shit that we could do in a movie. And then he did it. And then like, Akbar, Phasma, you know, these characters that people, like, fans care about. Like, who cares about them? Oh, I, yeah. I think on the Phasma front, I think he did have to know something about her because, uh. We know he knows that her her armor deflects blaster bolts because of the Nubian, yeah, uh, whatever armor, um, the Nubian ship armor. So he got got that part right. And if you notice during the fight, Finn was uh, as short as it was and whack as it was, Finn was always on the losing side throughout the fight. Yeah. Uh, it, it was very clear that she was superior to him. Uh, my only my only real gripe with that scene is just that it was too short. It should have been like it should have been treated like a more serious fight. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm fine with her dying, but it should have been something bigger, more than like a two minute fight scene. 
you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and the way she died was also, I was okay with that because, okay, she looked the other way and she was like, I'm going to have to kill this person. And then he hit her upside the head when she wasn't looking really. So uh, it was, I liked it. It was, I liked it. It was, he didn't like do something like, like a superior fighter type tactic to get her off guard because she's just way better than him. Honestly, the only person I could see beating Phasma in a straight up fight would be like a Jedi. You know what I mean? Like, like she's, she's dope. Like she, I think that's what bugs me because I don't take that away from that because the fight was too low. Finn mm-hmm. losing enough to actually make me feel that way. And mm-hmm. then you have that fake out where he gets dropped in the hole. Like he gets dropped <laughs> in the hole and then Rose is there. Rose is just there. And then Phasma realizes she's there, goes to kill Rose. She gets thumped on the head and the ship eats her. Like that to me is not like. Yeah. And I don't. I, I don't, don't get that she's strong. I don't like that. The, yeah, because like if you don't, if you've never read anything, you know, this goes back to like not. Well, that was my whole point of like, if yeah. you haven't read the DLC yet for this, so I have no idea. Someone who doesn't pay attention to these characters think that she's just a punk, but like she's literally her armor's literally Palpatine's ship. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so and also like her getting distracted by Rose shooting her is dumb to me too. Because like, why would she get distracted by this little blaster shooting at her? Was she just? Deflected, like had it like deflected off of her. In the beginning, she should have just ran over there and smacked Rose in the face, and it would have been fine. <laughs> also, by the way, that's probably the worst CG of the movie. Which one? It's when BB-8 oh, and Rose are on the. Uh, I can't remember. What they're hey, you need a lift? Like oh, Jesus Christ! That was like horrible CG. Yeah. But I, I mean, like I said, I haven't read any of the books. I don't have the DLC for Phasma. All I know is in the two movies I got, I got maybe two and a half minutes of her. She's supposedly supposed to be great. She did nothing. She died. Because I think that's what bugs me. Because I've heard so much from uh, you, Adrian, you, Ritz, you know, our, you know, our, uh, is, if you're listening, like Ritz and I are involved in the uh, Star Wars, rep, that Star Wars rep matters hashtag in, in that community. Um, and when we talk with each other, I got so much hype for what Phasma should be. Mm-hmm. And it was given to me. And, it, but like, I don't need an entire scene explaining why it's important that Finn beats Phasma or why this is important to Finn's arc. I just need proof that Phasma is this big bad that needs to be overcome. And I don't get that. That mm. and that, that is a detriment to Finn's arc for me. They probably spent so much time on the subplot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no time for the scene. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, take 10 minutes out of, uh, you know, the casino and give that to, like, her and Finn having like a just dope battle. And I think I would have liked it more. Yeah, and it was hyped in the trailer. It looked so good in the trailer. And mm-hmm. I really hate when he we said saw the Chrome. whole fight in the trailer. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> and it really Basically. It was terrible. It really bugged me when he said Chrome Dome. I've told some people about it. They're like, oh, I love that part. I was like, okay, that's cool. But like it's supposed to be an intense battle with like the representative of everything that held him down in the first order, and he says Chrome Dome. Well, I think the problem with that is you don't know that whole inner battle between them two and what held him down the whole first order. So you just get two people fighting in Chrome Dome. Well, well, no, no, no. I, I get that because in Force Awakens, you do see her as his superior when he first de- when he first defects. So I knew that. But that's literally um, all it. But, but she yeah, but that is anybody, it. She, she doesn't like, do anything. In first, yeah, she she doesn't do anything in, in in the Force Awakens either. Yeah, but you know what is a good fight and a good scene is the, the throne. Scene. Yes, that was beautiful. Yeah, that was just from the from the time they kind of from 
the time that uh Snoke died, um, like I knew stuff was about to happen. I was like, I was like, oh my, because the the thing was, you knew stuff was about to pop off. Like when the lightsaber was turning, I'm like, okay, so Snoke's about to die. So, <laughs> so I was I like. Know. Even, like, before okay. that, even before that, it was good. Like yeah. it reminded me so much. And again, you know, fans like people who like who deeply, deeply love this movie loved it because it's like not like any other Star Wars movie. But that whole throne room scene is like almost like shot for shot the throne room scene in in uh, yeah. Return of the Jedi. Like almost shot for shot. Like you know, her, him taking the lightsaber, putting it next to him, him showing. Uh, showing like the forces being destroyed like it's making making her like have a choice of like what to do and things like that it's almost shot for shot return of the jedi uh which isn't a bad thing i just think it's something that people need to like admit that it's yeah it was throwing out all of star wars (laughs) yeah like that was a good good thing and then they just they just they just took my man out they chopped him in half they 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 Darth mauled his ass. <laughs> Honestly, I was only okay with that because earlier in that scene, you see how powerful it is. I'm like, they can't beat this guy. Like, <laughs> they had yeah. to take him out like that because this dude was like ridiculous. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like the old, his downfall, as with any like Darth Vader, there's like the overconfidence thing, which I like. So I'm all right yeah. with it. And it just set up like them battling the Praetorian Guards, which was just how so the guards stepped sick. down after Snow died, like in unison. <laughs> I was like, yo. <laughs> Those weapons are dope. Yeah. As much as I have problems with this movie, the visual shots that we get are so beautiful mm-hmm. and so good. Like the use of red is phenomenal, and that entire scene with that red, that stark red backdrop with Kylo all in black and the the Praetorian Guard in those solid red shirts. I'm wearing a bright red shirt that I bought yesterday, and I bought it because I was thinking about the red of the movie, and I was like, I want to that in my life. So, like, yeah. Um, I will say too when um, I love that Ray fights that entire time like she's brought in in handcuffs which also resembles a prior episode and yeah and, and he then he tells her in the hall in the in the elevator i sense the good in you just like return of the fucking jedi exactly. yeah it was return of the jedi it was it was it was so return of the jedi yeah it definitely <laughs> even was. talks like a robot like darth vader does yeah <laughs> yeah um and like what i love was even though Ray knows that she's at a disadvantage, even though Ray is pretty much being like just tossed around this entire time, she doesn't stop fighting. Like when she picks up Kylo's lightsaber, I was like, oh shit, that's awesome. That's so cool. Like like, she doesn't stop fighting. And then when Snoke is giving that speech where she has to kill, he has to kill the equal that rose with her. Like in my head, I was like, I was like, this is some rule of two shit. Somebody's going to die. Somebody's going (laughs) to die right here. I don't know who, but somebody is. And it will be ballsy if you, if you kill Kylo or Rey. It was also (laughs) ballsy to kill Snoke. So I'll give it that. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm, I'm on board with like bold decisions like that. Like, Two years of fan theories are out the goddamn window, and I'm sure I'm going to get you know his origins in a a comic later, which is okay because it set up such a good arc of like Kylo being like, "It's my time, motherfuckers. Let's do this. Let's do it." <laughs> oh, that that okay. So that was my other major problem with the with the uh, movie. Yeah, because uh, I didn't I liked it overall mostly, but my other major problem was that uh, you don't know anything about Snow. And I don't need to know a lot. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I need a whole extensive backstory. 
but we don't know anything like for real like anything <laughs> about this guy except for that he was Kylo's master and that yeah, is it. Well, I hear like uh Snoke corrupted corrupted him bitch where when <laughs> you know what I'm saying like I need something I, I need also something. want the Knights, I really want the Knights of Ren too. Where you keep hiking them, and I don't see them. That's gonna be. A, oh, that's gonna be. A, I, I can guarantee that's gonna be a comic. I guarantee <laughs> that. Like, <laughs> but but the, like, come with something. Even like a, a loose allusion to something. Even if you said that he was freaking Darth Nihilus or something, like, <laughs> like it's just something. But I, I, it's okay. I know we're gonna get a book. All right now. <laughs> which i also think like I, I am starting to think that star wars and i think this might be one thing like star wars loves retconning itself and loves filling in those plot holes star wars loves plot holes so that's more money that can be made so i think Disney, like they love money over yeah plot holes. well so i think <laughs> is actually accentuating a lot of this because they know that they can fill in with a book and get and fans will be happy like mm-hmm. i think I see that more in this movie than anything else like there is a lot that can be that would lend from a book and people will gladly go out and buy them um, we have to start boycotting books now. Dang it! I, I think I read or, or not either tweets or reading or something. Pablo Hidalgo was talking. Was it tweets? I think it was tweets. Uh, <laughs> and he said, and he mentioned that Star Wars, Star Wars purpose like their movies, they purposely put in interesting like uh, like lore looking effects, like you know, uh, like statues, lands, uh, interesting looking characters that don't have backstories, so that authors can come in and write backstories for them later. Like like yeah. like Bazina Tao is a perfect example of that. You know what I mean? Like she she was just the person who called the first order, but then they like somebody else came in and wrote a short story about her. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. They loot crate everything. <laughs> they loot crate. Yeah. Hey, speaking yeah. of crate, that's where they go at the end of the movie. <laughs> right? <laughs> the movie. Oh, also we can't skip this over. Ray's parentage is completely thrown out the window, and it was super ballsy to do that. And I was totally okay with it. Like, I'm okay with it, but I still don't buy that they're not related. I still don't <laughs> buy that they're not related. Only because of the mirroring of Luke and Leia with her and, and, and Kylo. Um, oh, yeah. Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. Walking Dead. Keep it the way it is. Like, don't, don't fake me out, because, like, it's a perfect allegory to, like, Get away from, or is it like a perfect way to get away from all the Skywalker family drama and like yeah. bullshit? Like, I think you just really don't, but it's still Skywalker family right. drama because he's a Skywalker. Yeah, but the like only- it, t- it takes away the drama from her character. Like it doesn't matter to her character anymore who her parents are because, you know, she doesn't have to have, you know, super parent lineage to whoop Kylo Ren's ass. Which right. I think, like, I, I do, I can't agree with that. And I, and I do see that in the end. Um, when you have that little kid who's like nothing from nowhere with mm-hmm. with, with the mop or whatever using the force, it reminds us that Luke was a nobody from nowhere. Anakin was a nobody from nowhere. You can be a nobody and be a strong force user and be the you know be the new hope for everybody. They gave us a forty five minute subplot to show us a little kid with a broom. The only explanation I will accept that will that, that, that can twist me on that I will be okay with is only because we know that Anakin was manifested by the Force. Um, and even though Plagueis is technically not canon, it pretty much is his book. Um, that I would be okay if uh, Plagueis trying to do his experiments that screwed up and, and went inside a shimmy to make Anakin or whatever, uh, the, the midi chlorian stuff. I'd be okay with 
after Darth Vader died, the midi chlorians kind of was like, huh, let's try this again. And, you know, let's do it the right way. Like, in, 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 in you know, like, we should probably choose a girl and not a guy. <laughs> and so, like, if she was manifested from the Force and her parents were nobodies, but she was still manifested from the Force in that way by midi chlorians, I'll be okay with that. Yeah, no, that's the only thing. That's the only other way to accept. I, I didn't think about that. Parents. I'd be okay with that. See, I didn't bother with the parents thing. Didn't bother me. I just don't like the whole, the whole like the way they did it. What do you mean? Basically, oh, basically, like yeah. they built building this whole, te- this whole building time. tension, building thing. Like you know, this they had a whole entire mirror scene of it and everything else. Just mm-hmm. let's go. I don't think, I don't think like the mirror scene. Though. I think the mirror scene was like, um, like a precursor to like. Because like the, 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 the mirror scene tells you, like, dude, your parents don't matter. Like, stop worrying about that shit. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, because even when you're in the dark side trying to find this, it's not giving you what you want, you mm-hmm. know? And it shows that you don't need that. Um, so I was fine with that. Um, yeah, so what's next? We got to get back to Great. the... We went from the main plot, now back to the next subplot or the other plot. Now to create... Okay, somebody who synopsizes something better than I do, Adrian... Please explain. Okay, so we go to crate um, basically after Holdo's suicide light speed jump. Um, they go to like an old rebel base and they're stuck there. And there's little cr- crystal critters are so cute. Uh, so cute. And you know, for me, like this is like this is basically a Hoth style kind of like scene, uh, but instead of snow, it's salt. Um, and the first order's coming with their new walkers and this big ass ramming cannon. And you know, as always, the resistance is going to fight back and try to stop this from happening. And then you have one of the worst scenes I feel like in the movie, um, with Finn about to sacrifice himself to stop like the the ramming, uh, you know, the ramming weapon, and then. Rose comes and saves him from doing what he wants to do because she <laughs> yeah. love, apparently. Um, and this is like the other problem I have with this movie is that like that moment is so unearned. And I'm going through like this quick because we've we've been talking for a while. But uh, I think the moment's unearned. You're talking Finn, about the kiss, right? The yeah, the kiss. The fact that she even did that, like it feels so unearned. Like this was Finn's moment to you know, he spends most of these two movies running away from a fight, and like this was like one of his moments to one stick it to the first order, and two not run away when literally everyone else was retreating. And she kind of like stole that moment from him, and <laughs> again was going back to her like being pretentious, like she did it because she thought she was right and she doesn't care, you know, what Finn's intentions were here. Like she says, uh, um, you know, we're not going to win by. Uh, you know, fighting what we hate, or we have to like do like saving what we love, or something like that. But like, he tried to do that earlier in the movie, and you tased him for it. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was just bad. Like, you pretentious, pretentious character. I hate it. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I, I've talked about it before on the podcast many times. I hate romantic subplots unless you can really make me buy into them by making them be earned. And I agree with Adrian, like that kiss was not earned. And how the hell did you fall in love with this boy? Super quick. I mean, I know they do show- Legit 18 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. 
like I think too like with Rose I think you do get that moment where she's like fangirling over him so I can see like that being like a fangirl crush like if you put me in front of Oscar Isaac I'm gonna tell him I love him um that is true but I think for me narrative wise and I'll probably take a lot of shit for this Foe was Finn was probably one of my favorite characters in The Force Awakens. I love him so much, but I kind of want him to die right there because I feel like that would have been Finn doing what Finn wanted to do for the first time, like Adrian said, in this entire movie, like actually fighting back against the First Order. And that yeah. has been like taken from the height of him, like having gotten rid of Phasma, like, okay, I can do this. I can make a difference by smashing the First Order myself. And that was something that I really wanted him to do, even if it resulted in his death. Um, so it kind of bugs me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I was hoping Rose hit Finn out of the way and she died. Oh yeah, like she, like she, she mirrored her sister. A mirrored her sister. The whole kiss thing wasn't warranted. I was kind of annoyed with her whole like philosophy of the good, like when they go to the casino, like they were bad things. And then by that whole time, by the time we get to this whole point, I'm like, this whole subplot thing is kind of over with. I'm yeah. done with it. Stop you. I saved you, dummy. Like, what? Shut up. Like, <laughs> I hated that. Because you could have like had Finn die, and then you still could have had, you know, what happens next, basically. Like, you still could have had the Luke-Kylo scene and still let Finn go out, you know, in a blaze of glory. I, I was fully prepared for him to die right there. The funny yeah. thing about the whole thing, so she saves him, they blow a hole in the wall. What did she think was going to happen then? Yeah. If you yeah. don't have Luke show up, which I don't know at this point if she actually knows that. Yeah, no. she, she doesn't. Nobody knows anything. And so basically, if anything, she just allowed them to blow a hole in the wall to them get mass murdered. So then everything that she has to drag, He has to drag her body like a mile back through a salt-filled battlefield. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, <laughs> extremely amounts. Yeah. So, yeah, that bugs me. But I do think that it does give us the close on Poe's art where it shows he did learn Leia's lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, but you didn't need to have Holdo hold that out for or him. Or him spend three-fourths of the movie getting people killed. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> war. <laughs> no. like that's the other thing i don't get why people are so bothered by everybody dying because it is war like you are fighting against a force that has more weapons than you are a lot more you see those yeah. goddamn walkers those things walkers are yeah I, I will i will say i will say all throughout the scenes like uh like from the the first order cutting them down to um uh, to them running out of fuel, uh, to them tracking them through the hyperspace, all, all all of those things, to them falling down to the planet, to them blowing up the door, like all of that, it kept it a heightened sense of lowest point. Like <laughs> it was a perpetual lowest point. Like, dude, you guys are just screwed. Like this whole movie, y'all are screwed. Like I don't, there's no good way out of this. I like that. Yeah, uh, that part of it. But yeah, the. Uh, I, I, I don't think I minded her saving Finn, but every all the other implications around it and what she says, she probably could have just like not said anything when she did it or not say what she said when she did it, and it would have been better. <laughs> yeah, this I was happy that Finn lived because I was thing, but I would I wouldn't have minded if he had died at the moment. Yeah. But I was kind of you're happy that he. <laughs> well, I, did, I really liked him in the Force Awakens. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't think he did as much in this movie, which was fine because it is three movies and you have your characters kind of yeah. have their moments. Because like that, that's the thing, like I don't I don't like 
because like I think that's what I like about the original trilogy and even the prequel trilogy is you have your central characters and the story orbits around your central characters. That's what I want. I don't want ten different subplots. <laughs> I mean, think about like remember, y'all remember Armageddon? Yeah. Like, think about an Armageddon where Bruce Willis is about to die and someone like comes in and like grabs him, like just take <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, right? Like, <laughs> like if, like if someone came in and staved Admiral Holdo, like. <laughs> <laughs> Let the character do what he wants to do, man. Come on. Die, though, in that yeah. movie. You have somebody exchanging their life yes, for somebody yes. else. <laughs> I'm saving you. And that line is just so dumb. Like Leia was just in the back, like sitting, yeah. chilling behind the boxes. I wish she, like, if she said, I wasn't that mad at her, if she would have just shut up <laughs> and not kiss them, like, come on. Yeah. He was like, yo, why'd you do that? But uh, <laughs> then we get you know, the Luke, Luke Kylo stare down, which is dope, except for, like, I don't know how you feel about this, Gator, but like, the brush your shoulder off thing I, is dumb. I hated it. Everybody, it's everybody in our group chat loved it. I thought it was actually pretty cool. I hated uh, it. I loved it. Loved uh, I loved it. I loved it. Oh, <laughs> it's so corny. I hated it. So I liked it's it so at first, but then after what followed, I was kind of disappointed. Yeah, I hated it. I hated it so it's much. Like, is he Jay Z now? Like, is is Luke Jay Z? Is that what's going on here? He's not <laughs> Jay Z. Nah, I, I I liked it. I it was a little bit uh. It was a little bit out of character. It was, it was more. Was it was more Mark Hamill than Luke. <laughs> I think it yeah. was great. I think because of the whole thing with Kylo, I think it was, it might have been over the top and cheesy. But I think only because of everything they went. Yeah, I will say this. I thought I like I keep like I didn't want to like the line that Huck says, but like, did you think you get got him? Like, I do like that. No, that was good too. I, like that <laughs> was, I do like that line. I want. I like that. I like that whole scene because the way that Kylo says, the way that Kylo gives the order, he's like, "I want you all to aim every weapon that we have on yeah. that man." <laughs> like, oh, he's he's oh, right. right. face him right away. Nope. Repeat what you said because you like couldn't hear you. Uh, I was gonna say like. Uh, because like when you see Luke come out, like I I thought like all right he, he's just, he's gonna go down there immediately and face him. He's like nope, shoot everything you have, <laughs> and blow him the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, I so, like that. Basically, like I liked it, like the shoulder brush off, because I literally thought we were gonna get either basically a Force Unleashed or an Anakin in Clone Wars scene, in which I thought Luke was just gonna destroy pretty much everything. I'm and glad that he didn't though. Oh, yeah, I'm glad they didn't because that was more in character for Luke, and 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 that was his ascension as yeah. a Jedi Master. Now, yeah. like I would have been fine. I wanted him to destroy the gun stuff, and then fine if he wanted to like at the end like pull an Obi Wan or something and just die. That would have been fine. But I don't know. He, he just walked. I got a hologram. <laughs> no, I thought that gambit was excellent. I really do. Yeah. Like the fact that he wasn't. I thought that was excellent. Uh, he just trolled the shit out of him. It was. Oh great. yeah. No, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I, I would have liked that. And, like, I want to put Leia in there somewhere because she did nothing and she doesn't use the Force at all. I want to put her in there somewhere, but I recognize how bad that would be. Um, but, like, I really like it. I, I do. have Leia Force like drop an eight and a walker. <laughs> That's what I wanted from Luke. He yeah. came out there like, I'm going to do this. You're gonna do the shoulder brush off. You have to back it up, and he didn't. I think everybody really wanted it, but it's like, what do you need? 
Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I agree there. Like, <laughs> like, I really wanted it, but I do think that, like, you... You you need them to have less guns than what you have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, they, like, all they did was run away. They didn't actually do anything to make sure the First Order was hurt at all. Yeah. Also, this, I don't know where it is, but this also reminds me, can we please put some, like, not white people in the First Order? Like... Oh, yeah. Like, why does... It really bugs me. Why does, like... The resistance get all the diversity when there's like obviously diversity in the first order because Finn's a black dude who left. <laughs> first order got one Asian dude and then like a racially ambiguous lady who tapped on a screen. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> just old white dudes. Can we I just saw black lady? No, no, that wasn't careful yeah. right now. Right? You, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you put right Ray Sloan, Sloan in there. She's not in there. So can we just get some real diversity and actually get some aliens in there? Well, there's not going to be aliens, aliens in the first order because the Empire didn't like the, the didn't like aliens, and as a remnant, I don't think they want aliens either. So basically, they took a bunch of diverse characters, threw them on the basically the rebels, and then took out all the aliens. Yes, and then threw all the white people in the first order. Yes, yes. which is why Thrawn is such a boss because Thrawn is just like, yeah, what's up? I'm blue, and I'm still shutting all y'all stuff down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want some blue. I want some green people. Some red people. Just, just to move along, I think the force projection thing is great. Having seen it a second time, uh, when I first watched it, like I, I, I was faked out by the force projection. I don't know if you guys were, but like going back and watching the second time, like everything is just so subtly obvious that he's a force projection. You know, the fact that he's not as great as he was, uh, the fact that he doesn't leave any uh, like, you know, how when everyone is stepping around, like it leaves. Yeah, like he's, he's not leaving any marks when he's he's stepping around and everything, so it's obvious that he's a force projection. But he just he's just tilting Kylo so hard with all his trolling that he doesn't see it, and it's so good. I think that part is that part is done really really well. Yeah. So the first time I watched it, obviously, or the only time I guess per se was uh, I didn't know if he was like a force projection per se, but I knew there was something off because basically he did he actually really didn't touch anything. Yeah. Yeah. Except for Leia, like all, all thing he touched was Leia. Which I don't know how that works. Um, and what, what, what but they got do, me. They do show them touching. They show Kylo and uh, Ray touching each other, and him taking water from their um, when she's in the rain. So I think it does set up that that Luke can touch things on certain things. On certain things. Yeah, I, I think that um, the first hint uh, that got me was C three PO didn't talk. Yeah, he winked at him. Yeah. Be new because he's a droid. Yeah, second time <laughs> I saw that, I was like, oh shit, he's being cheeky with that wink. I get it. Yeah, and, and 3PO is like, what the F? Like, 3PO usually talks, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Master Luke. <laughs> yeah, 3PO is usually like going off. And then this time, 3PO was just like, I gasped, like, oh snap, this dude is, he's pulling something right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Although I cried like a baby again when he tells Leia nobody's truly gone because I'm like that's Mark talking to Carrie and that makes me really really sad. I mean I know it wasn't in the moment because she hadn't passed yet, but yeah. watching it like that's like it it hurts like but oh my god like it just, it hurts that I'm not going to get more Carrie and that this is how she like this was the last movie that she was able to finish because yeah, that was a great way to. That was a great line, you know, for that moment, I guess, without them knowing. 
Exactly. Yeah. Like, like it, like looking back on it, it's the same way with like her being aged down in Rogue One saying hope, like all these things like hit you now that she's gone. And like, it was just a great way for Luke to say goodbye to Leia and in retrospect, a great way for the franchise to say goodbye to her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, also the visuals of that planet when they're in those like speedsters falling apart type thing and the the foot goes down and it puffs up that red behind it it's so oh gosh that's great that's such a great visual effect with the red from the salt oh man <laughs> no, that's great uh, yeah and uh lifting rocks i think is how it ends <laughs> lifting rocks yeah <laughs> man, yeah ray was a boss at the end yeah. <laughs> them rocks was nothing <laughs> yeah she definitely came into her own at the end of this and especially uh basically shutting kylo out yeah you know, symbolically with the door closed i think was, was super super good yeah no I, I completely agree um which i know that they're probably not going to do it because it would be better if they don't make kylo and uh array related but um, I think the fact that like Kylo was able to touch Ray and bring stuff out from where Ray was, and that Luke was able to touch Leia, I think at the very like there has to be a very significant bond, I think, to do that type of thing. Um, because mm -hmm. the dice fall apart um once Luke's gone. Also, Luke's ascension and looking in and seeing the the, the two sons and just oh, like that was great. Oh that was my great. heart. The two suns setting, and then in the other scene, the two suns were rising when when they took them to the uh, uh, Baru's. Yeah, my heart. Or not, not Baru's. Uh, uh, what's their last name? Oh, Owen. Owen. Is it Baru? Yeah, Baru. Yeah, Uncle Owen. What's the last? Why can't think of their last name right now? Is it Skywalker? <laughs> what? No. What's their last names? <laughs> Lars. Oh, and Lars. Lars. Yeah, okay. There it was. There we go. Lars. I was like, I can't think of their last name for some reason right now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, the sun rising when he when they took him to him, and the sun setting when he uh, when he became more powerful than we could possibly imagine. Yeah, it it was perfect. It, it was perfect, Luke. Um. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's <laughs> we've been talking for two hours, and I'm pretty sure we missed a whole bunch of stuff. In fact, I know that we still miss <laughs> this stuff after this longer view. Um. But I guess just where do you all rate it? Rank it? Who do you want to go first? Um, I mean... Don't panic. Pick somebody. <laughs> yeah, Matt, um, go first. I thought it was better than Wonder Woman, but it's probably about the same power as Guardians of the Galaxy 2 for me. Okay. Oh, so... And where do you rank it in Star Wars movies? Oh, shit. I got to do that. Um, okay. Why are we doing this when you guys all put it all over Twitter? Oh, yeah. We have Twitter stuff. Um, we actually have our best poll ever done um, where we asked what you thought about The Last Jedi Twitter listeners and people that should totally listen to us. We had like over a thousand votes. Um, there's still 20 more, 21 hours left in it. And as of right now, overwhelmingly, it's positive. 48% loved it. 28% liked it, but with some problems. And then 14% did like disliked it, but there were some good parts and only 10% hated it. So I think overall it is well received, even as divisive as the fandom is at this moment, yelling at each other. Don't go to Twitter if you haven't yet. Um, it will kind of like kind of sour the movie experience. Once again, this is more of a fandom problem than a movie problem. Yes. <laughs> but um, okay. So now I'll and restart. Then... Oh, you're gonna read this now? Oh yeah. Let's go. go. 
Oh yeah, and then we also asked what people thought and um, at Space Jess with four S's on Twitter said, it's complicated, but I do love it. The third act was fucking spectacular and worth every flaw. Um, at Joe underscore Fru said, the best way I can describe The Last Jedi is when a kid picks a Lego spaceship from some of, some of the proper pieces and some of the pieces from Lego dump trucks, buildings or whatever, you can see the ship and the extra pieces that feel forced. The Last Jedi gave me emotional whiplash, fine but flawed. Um, oh yeah, Ritz, you commented on this. <laughs> yeah, Ritz says an amazing movie with a few plot flaws and character letdown moments. Would still recommend to any Star Wars fan. And at um, Ersatz Ash said, I really enjoyed it, but I do have some issues. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, okay, so now you can do it. Okay, so what am I ranking now? Just rank it. I rank it amongst Star Wars movies. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. I was like, you told me. Where does it sit around Star Wars movies? Because I don't think, I think Star Wars is something that should be compared to itself. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Sounds biased, but okay. Well, I'm, but it's kind of also too, like, why I'm not going to rank, like, The Woman Against Moonlight or another movie that I see. Like, it's a comic book. I just put movie, it in so. a movie that's in, that came out this year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um... So I'm going to have to skip this one and come back to me because I was totally for movies this year and not actual Star Wars movies, and I don't watch them that often, so I have to think about this. <laughs> okay. Um, for me, I, like, my... It's hard. This is actually hard to do without giving your entire Star Wars ranking. Um, like, for me, the top is Empire and the Phantom Menace is at the bottom. Like, all three prequels are at the bottom, and this is above the prequels for me. Um mm -hmm. It's like fourth from last in mine. The good were good. The good was good, but I, a lot of the stuff just really took me out of the movie. And that, that's a problem because I'm never taken out of a Star Wars movie, I guess. But it might change on a second on a rewatch. So I mean, shoot, I was taken out a lot when he was talking about sand. And <laughs> <laughs> As an adult, I am. But, yeah, I guess like. The Force Awakens was so good, I expected that. Oh, yeah, and that that's my, like, my ending note is that my biggest flaw in this movie is that it seems like it forgot that it's supposed to be telling a piece of the of the trilogy. So are we doing the rankings of the movies, or are we doing I'm the sorry. end road? Like, make sure you're doing. Ranking. Yeah. Are um, you just ranking it, and then we'll come back and wrap yes. up? Yes. Okay. Go, somebody. Adrian. Uh, for me, it's... I mean, and this is like comparing, like obviously, against the other Star Wars movies. Like, I don't think it's um, bad. I don't think it's amazing. So it's very like middle of the pack for me. So I have um, Empire Strikes Back, The Force Awakens, A New Hope, and Rogue One above this. Um, so that puts it like really like middle of the pack, like fourth or fifth on my or like fifth or sixth, like on my list for for the movies. Yeah, it's not like not necessarily a bad thing, but it's also like not a good thing. Yeah, like it's not a ranking comparatively to what's what's above it, in my eyes. Yeah, Ritz. Uh, yeah, like from the bottom to the top, it's like uh, Attack of the Clones at the very bottom for me. Phantom Menace, uh, the uh other one, Return of the Sith, uh, Revenge, Revenge, of the Revenge of the Sith. My bad, Revenge of the Sith. Um, and then Return of the Jedi. 
is at the bottom of the original trilogy for me. Um, A New Hope. And then Rogue One. And then... uh, I think think basically this comes after... Basically, this one is not as good as the previous one. That's good as seven. So it would maybe come next on the list. And then seven... And whatever, whatever ends up getting Empire at the top, because Empire's at the top. So this is maybe like third or fourth. Yeah, I, I, I think for me, because uh, Rogue One was better than it. So yeah. okay, so the three that are better than it. Okay, I'm 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 like messed myself up. The three that are better than it are Empire, uh, the Force Awakens, um, Rogue One, and this was that it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so this is fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Ranking Star Wars movies is hard. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's right in the middle, huh? Yeah. So I kind of guess I agree with everybody else. It's kind of in the middle. I mean, Phantom Menace at the very bottom. Um, You're not going to stop hating on Darth Maul. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. part of that movie. <laughs> um, Phantom Menace at the bottom. I don't know. Um, I like the... Let's see. Do you want me to pull up a list? Yeah. So I guess we'll look at this list real fast. There we go. So I'd probably go with... Oh, you're going to hate me so much. I do want to meet somebody who doesn't have Empire at the first. Are you going to do that? No, because I don't... I was going to say... Right after I watched Rogue One, I put Rogue One number one. And then, like, I reconvened my brain and went back to the Empire. (laughs) So one... Uh, so I'd probably put it like this was suck because I did not Rogue One. I don't even count as a Star Wars movie; just a money grab. Okay, it's a well, heist movie that, that okay, you then, slap it. Then put that at the bottom. It's not the bottom, but it the movie itself not bad. But I don't count a Star Wars movie. But the Phantom Menace at the bottom. I'd probably put it like fourth or fifth. Probably fifth. The Empire probably at the top. Phantom Menace at the bottom. Probably put it right wrong with New Hope because I thought New Hope was boring. Yeah, I, I have like New Hope is my lowest ranked. Yeah. It's a prior right there. Trilogy. Yeah. Cool. So middle of the pack. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. even it's, uh, it's, like, but it's like obviously like leaps and bounds better than like some of the prequels. Like oh, obviously, yeah. but it's not you know it's noticeably worse for me than some of the top. So it's very you know middle. Like when I say middle of the pack, like it's middle of the pack, and it's not because it's close to like the prequels or anything. Yeah, and I do want to say, like, just because I, I, like, I just situate it above the prequels for me, like, I'm not equating it to the prequels. I think the good in here is a lot better than the good in the prequels because it's there's multiple good points. Jeez, oh, it's leagues better than the prequels. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I do think that some of the writing is as bad as some of the stuff in the prequels. If yeah. I'm... <laughs> but, again, I... huh? I'm saving you, dummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That to me is is there, um, <laughs> but I, I do think it, it's probably closer to better than it is worse. Um, I do like it. That's um, a good point. And Empire's the best movie, best Star Wars movie ever. Um, if you don't believe that, please tell us. I, I do actually want to know where people like other people rank it. I, mean, I put I I'm I'm a one A one B kind of guy. I have Empire one A and Force Awakens one B. I really like the Force Awakens. So I do too. Um, which, Force Awakens is really good. I think to wrap everything up um, for our final thoughts, my final thought 
personally is that the one thing that bugs me the most is that it doesn't feel like it fits into a cohesive story and it forgot that it was a part of a trilogy. That's what really bugs me um, because I didn't need more of the same. That's fine. But like stylistically, like tonally, it should fit at like it's two. There is a movie before it and a movie after it. It kind of needs to fit within that story um, like cohesively. And that that just really, really bugs me. And I think that JJ like JJ should have done the script at the very least or should have like I, I think that he needed to be involved at that type of creative level to keep that that cohesive um that cohesive thread between it because and I guess it's because I'm a horror fan and like I've seen franchises like it doesn't matter if two is great if it doesn't fit into the whole that that's kind of how I feel when it comes to these things I know it's not how everybody feels so like I, I respect you if it doesn't bother you but for me it just bothers me because it's supposed to be a part of a set, not an individual thing. As an individual movie by itself removed from The Force Awakens, okay. But when you put it into that perspective, like The Force Awakens was amazing. And I don't see that the, the lines from The Force Awakens being brought into The Last Jedi, um, which just bugs me. Uh, yeah, that's my final thought. But it's still good. Go watch it. <laughs> uh, Adrian? Uh, so the highs are super high for me. Like the um, the hyper the, the light speed jump suicide and the throne room, I think are some of my favorite scenes in Star Wars, just in general. But like the Canto bite and you know the Finn Rose weirdness takes away takes away from a lot of the good things in this movie for me, which is why I put it super middle of the pack. Um, I, I think my issue is that on a second watch, I think I'm okay with like how it's totally different. I'm not okay with people who like overtly just love this movie and don't talk about the issues in the movie. Like yeah. there are problems in the movie as a movie, not like in, in terms of it being, you know, not answering Star Wars questions. Like, direction wise like there's problems with the movie like it's not it's a flawed movie itself and i think we need to recognize that and talk about these issues because if we don't we really really do run the risk and this is one of the things i tweeted about right away is that if we don't talk about the issues in this movie we run into the very very strong possibility of us turning into like dceu where we don't talk about the glaring issues with our series mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, <clears throat> I did like the movie in The Final Thought, but probably going to take a lot of hate for this. I honestly thought the movie was kind of boring. I didn't think a lot happened somewhat as far as, like, battle scenes. I thought there was only, like, maybe two big ones, really. You had the throne room, and then you had the beginning scene, and that was really about it. I don't really count the last one because mm -hmm. it was literally them getting blown up. There was no actual fighting back. <laughs> um so I thought some of it was just kind of boring. And then I like I said, I guess it also probably just because, as you guys said, it kind of took away with all these like subplots. And even if you listen to us talking, we flip back and forth. This whole conversation just took away from like some of the pacing of the actual movie. And so I didn't really like that. And I still just, I don't like this whole like what's with leave things on leave suspense and cliffhanger type things. It bugs me. Just go with it. I mean, I don't know. Tell me what's going to happen, what's not. Don't try to, like, play it off just so you can do some unexpected twist just to make me feel some certain way. Overall, I mean, it was not bad. Not amazing. 
I, I do have a question though. Were there screen wipes? Because I don't remember there being any screen wi- screen wipes on your second viewing. Were there screen wipes? Yeah, I saw screen wipes on my first viewing. It's they don't have a bunch in there, but there there is definitely a screen wipe at least one. Like okay. I can distinctly remember. And it just really bugs me. Between that is the fact the lack of aliens and how they did Akbar. Like those two things oh, really yes. bug me like a lot, and probably makes me drop this. But yeah. I don't really care whether you go see it or not because Disney's going to make so much money and they're going to DLC the hell out of this thing anyway. So <laughs> you'll figure out some of it anyways. <laughs> I'm getting tired of that with movies. And I think it's probably why I've been drawn on the thing. I shouldn't have to read seven books or wait for an extended cut. Yeah. Right. I think that's really valid. I think that's really, really valid. Um, what about you, Ritz? Um, I think... Uh... When a lot, a lot of times when you see movies like this, uh, the, near the beginning of the movie, they come up with a plan, some outrageous, ridiculous plan. Uh, they go through with the plan, and there might be a few, you know, hangups here and there, but they do the plan. You know, this movie was not like that. This movie is they came up with a plan, they tried to do the plan, that plan didn't work, and it got twisted around. Um, I like that aspect of it. I like the fact that there wasn't. Uh, it wasn't predictable in the fact that you knew that they were going to successfully complete this plan and things were going to go well. Uh, so I like the little twists and turns. Even the, I, I like the nuance, the little nuance twists. Uh, again, the, the page in the ship trying to get the, her bombs to drop and stuff like that. There's the bombers getting blown up before that. I like all that little stuff. There's nuance all throughout the film. I can't mention all of them <laughs> until I see it again, but there's a lot of that. Um, and uh yeah i think i think overall uh it's a it's it's a i think it's a really good movie i i I do i think it's a really good movie with a few flaws some some people described it to me as a mediocre movie with some high points i'm the opposite i think it's a really good movie with a few with a few bad bad points uh i think it will definitely age with time like right now we're scrutinizing especially star wars fans like us we're scrutinizing really really hard right now I think with time it'll age. Um, I looked at some old reviews of uh, the Empire Strikes Back and couldn't believe the kind of comments people were saying. Like, <laughs> wow! Like, like back in 1980 and 1981, people were destroying the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And um, and yeah. you know, so yeah. some of the stuff I hear people say, I know that it's just it's partially a time thing. You know, of course, we won't remember this stupid page and I'm not I'm sorry, not page. I'm sorry, Rose and Finn. We'll remember that, but you know, it's it might not hit as as hard next week or next year. You know what I mean? And, and it might be different when we get nine too. Yeah, it might it might feel different. Uh, yeah, it could be another movie thing. But overall, yeah, I think I think it's a really good movie. Um, it's not the best one ever. Uh, thought the action kept up really really well, and I thought the stakes. Well, the stakes were there because they're gonna get blown up by the first order. Not the stakes. I think the uh, the tension, the idea of them always being about to end at any given point in time, was always there. Uh, so I like that. And the fact that they ended the movie with, like, literally only the Millennium Falcon left. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, so. Which point brings me to, like, my biggest question. Like, what are they going to do next? Exactly. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting. No one came and helped them. Like, <laughs> what are they going to do when they see those people in the next movie? Like, hey, like, hey bro, like, what happened? Did you, did you, the next movie like, has to happen. Did you not pay your phone bill or what? Like, did you not hear my message? Well, what happened is we didn't get a Luke Star Killer moment, so we're gonna get a Ray Star Killer moment, and oh she's gonna god. attack the entire fleet. I'm <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> Her 
Oh, I, I, I need it. I'm down. She's going to smash Star Destroyers together. <laughs> pull a dreadnought from the sky. <laughs> I need it. I need it to happen. Um, yeah. I also want Kylo to not be whiny. <laughs> His whining's okay to a point. It, Especially when he was on the shit with Hux. That was hilarious. Dragon himself, like, getting his face repaired, like, emo-ly staring off into the distance. I didn't like <laughs> can, can we be perfectly honest here? Like, do people not remember that Luke is a whiny bitch for all of A New Hope? My wife said that. That's the first thing she said. She started laughing when Luke started talking. And she says, oh, and she's like, that's so cool. And I'm like, what? She's like, it's the same whiny kid from the old Star Wars movie. Yeah, like, <laughs> it basically sets up the stereotype of, like, just Skywalker just being whiny. So I hate that, like, people give Kylo shit for being whiny, but, like, his grandpa was whiny, and his also uncle give, was also, give, also whiny. give Anakin shit for being whiny. <laughs> but you can't give Anakin shit for being whiny because Luke was more whiny too. Like, oh, yeah. I was going to go to Tashi Station to get some power converters. That's the line right there. That's the line. <laughs> Skywalkers are whiny. It's okay. I don't mind a man whiny. Just don't talk like a robot. I really feel like he talks like an actual like droid. Who, Adder Driver? Yeah, or Kylo. <laughs> when they portray him, like when he stands up or does something, he literally sounds like he's talking like a droid, and that's what bugs me. But, but none of them will ever sound as bad as Padme and Anakin talking to each other in the prequels. Like it just won't. <laughs> and that's I, I can't even blame it on them because I've seen I've seen Hayden in other movies, and obviously Natalie Portman is amazing. That's George Lucas saying, "Yo, talk like a robot." But like this is like literally what we talked about in our prequel episode, like. They're not bad actors. I think they just got a bad rep. Like they get a bad rep in that movie, but I don't think it's their fault. Like, right? <laughs> should, that movie should like that should have not ruined Hayden Christensen's career. Yeah. <laughs> he got Jumper in a couple other movies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the point. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's right. Okay. Wrap this up. Yes. And uh, Ritz, where can they find you and all your internet work? <laughs> yeah. You can you can find me on uh, at IV Wall or at Fourth Wall on on Twitter. So that's the letters I V W A L L. Um, I also have a blog at IVWall.net where I'm usually ranting about stuff or doing comic reviews. And I also do the Wakanda for Life podcast. So if you look up Wakanda for Life, spell with a Y in life, uh, then or look up just probably Google Black Panther podcast, you'll be able to find me. <laughs> and I will link all of that in the show notes. Uh, so as always, you can find the podcast at But Why Though PC on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash But Why Though PC. And since this was a two hour and 10 minute episode, I will probably cut some stuff from it. If you'll want all the extras, head over to patreon.com slash but why though PC. At the $1 level, you get access to everything early. And at the $3 level, you get all of our extras that I cut out. Oh, and uh, you can find me at Oh My Mithrandir on Instagram and Twitter. Adrian. Yep, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z 93. Matt. You can find me on Twitter at that M18, D-A-T-T-M-1-8. I just realized I'm the only one that doesn't spell mine out, and mine's probably the hardest to spell. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently Adrian don't get any followers, so you have to spell it to make sure people actually <laughs> might actually try to follow us. Yeah, I don't think anyone gives a shit. You have like 1,500 followers. <laughs>
<laughs> Got to make sure if they like d- didn't understand me, they'll at least they can spell it. Also, uh, I'll probably put this up before, but for our fiftieth ep- for our fiftieth episode, we are doing an AMA. Ask us anything. Send us questions via Twitter, our Facebook, or our email info at buttwhythopodcast.com, and we will answer them. And since you are a guest, what would be the outro music that you'd like to play? The outro music. Hmm. Duel of the Fates. Finds <laughs> <laughs> request for Star Wars stuff. <laughs> oh, that is so good. I also didn't talk about how good the score was in this movie. All right, score is really. I, I did go back in my second watch. I really tried to focus on. They redid some of like the music so well. Yes, theme into the Resistance theme is so freaking good. Oh!